Hey family, it's your boy J-Rated R, and yes, you are tuning in to Pharaoh Radio. Where you heard it here, you heard it first. On Pharaoh Radio family, there are no stereotypes, no discrimination. We talk about everything. There's no filters and there's no censorship. We talk about spirituality, religion, what's going on in the world, relationships, all that, and a whole lot more. So if you're looking for something down to earth or even outside the box, tuning in to Fable Radio with your boy Jay, that's where it's at. So share with your friends and your family. Chime in on Fable Radio, where you heard it here, you heard it first. I'm your boy Jay Read It All, signing off saying to all those, stay blessed, peace, and namaste. Peace and blessings, family. It's your boy, J-Rated R. And you are tuning in to Pharaoh Radio, where you heard it here, you heard it first. No doubt. I want to start today off with a prayer. Prayer is everything. I think I'm really thinking seriously hard, and I'm not going to think too hard about it. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit of Roach HaKadosh guide me into it. Um, about seriously doing a retake on the power of prayer since the last one I did was so long ago but yet very powerful I want to go ahead and give it a different spin in terms of not what the power of prayer is that remains the same but I did have some other things going on in that podcast that I did back in um, my lord I guess it was 20, 2019 or 2020 I talked about the power of prayer and spiritual technology and the power of altars And there's power in those things, family. But what you have to be mindful of is who are you giving your power to? What are you in recognition of? Are you idol worshiping, graven images? Are you giving praise and thanks to ancestors? If you're doing these things, and a lot of people will get offended by me saying this, but they have to hear it. I used to do that. I used to give thanks and praise to the ancestors as well. Let me tell you why you don't do that. A lot of people under this notion that they're actually communicating with the dead, yet they're not understanding that they're all familiar spirits. And when we have this conversation about familiar spirits, I'm going to educate a lot of you who may not be quite aware of this or don't even know about it. And then you can do your own research behind what I tell you, because that's what I recommend everybody do anytime I've ever given them any type of information is to go behind me. I'm just a man. I'm an ordinary man in search of extraordinary things in Christ. So if you have any doubt in your mind whatsoever that, oh, he's he just talking that. I like that. I welcome it because if I'm speaking the truth, you're going to have to debunk and, and prove that I'm not speaking the truth. I gain or get nothing out of telling people lies, falseness, half-truths or anything. Now, can I make mistakes and tell things wrong in error? Yeah, I've, I've done it before on this show and I've apologized when I found out that I was in error. That's not a big deal to me because everything I did, I did genuinely from my heart. So there was never any deception on my part to any of those of you who have been listening to my shows. Um, I've been complimented by a great deal of uh, many of you, too, for the information that you've received. And that makes me want to do more. That makes me that gives me an even harder drive and motivation to help so many more people out because of the ones that did take the time to say, hey, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, you know, this changed my life, blah, blah, blah. I looked into this more. I did not know that. And that's all praise be to the most high, man. 
That's all glory to the Most High Yah. That's why we say hallelujah. Hallelujah, even though it's spelled with a J, there is no J's in the, in the original name of the Most High. And I'm not here to give a lesson on that because I've spoken on that many a times before. My point is, you will see when I do my descriptions, I'll put hallelujah with a Y because Yah is, is, is his name amongst many names that he has. But hallelujah means praise be to Yah, all praise to Yah. Okay, and so um, I just pray and hope that as long as, long as it's Yah's will that I'm able to touch on the things that need to be touched on, speak on the things that have been hidden from you all esoterically and in the occult and uh, and reveal those things. That's all my job is to do, you know, teach the gospel, the Basora, as we call it in Hebrew. Some call it the Injil and in Eteric. I just want to give you that so that you cannot say you never had no one explain these things to you and that you didn't know. Bible says that when we teach the gospel to all of the world, it has to be spoken of before his return. So when I always say, and I didn't know this is why I was saying it when I first came out with the slogan, when you heard it here, you heard it first. <laughs> I wasn't talking about the gospel. I was just talking about anything in general. But it makes more sense now for those who've never heard the gospel or and believe it or not, there are people in the world still who never heard this. A lot of you can't fathom such thoughts because you say, well, at least I've heard something along the lines about Christ or Jesus or something growing up. And you may have heard the name. You may have it may have uh, come into a conversation because there are people walking around who believe in Jesus or either people who don't. But the name still is very powerful. It's the most famous person in the world in history. Look it up. Who is the most famous person now I'm spoken of in history? Jesus Christ. What is the most famous book that was ever printed in the in the world's history? The best selling book up to this day, the Bible. It's not a it's not up for debate. And, and even if you want to go small and debate on something like that, which would be irrelevant to the to the purpose, you, you go ahead and knock yourself out. But what I'm gonna do. Is I'm going to keep rolling. Listen, I'm not a religious freak. I don't do religion. Anybody that's ever had any spiritual experiences with me from the past on up, if I've ever shown you something behind the scenes one on one or I've talked to you or I've had anything I've shared with you, you ought to know I'm a very spiritual person. That should not be in question. If you question what 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 may be looking like transformation or a change to you, then then then, you know, be bold and ask me. I'm not, I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm very easy to get along with. I'm easy to talk to. I believe communication is key in any uh, situation. It's just life. If you don't know how to communicate, you're going to be missing out on quite a lot. And sometimes, you know, a lot of us as human beings, we have such personal uh, beliefs, traditions and convictions that we can't humble ourselves enough to try to understand more. Some of us don't feel like we need to learn anything more. And when you get to that point, you're really going to be hurting. Because when you get to the point where you think you know everything and you know enough and you don't need to know no more, then there's no purpose for you in life. And you're going to be left behind. And you're going to look real silly when something else transpires and you weren't aware of it or you didn't think you needed to know about it because you didn't want to believe it. No one's asking you to believe what I'm saying, family. All I'm asking you to do is take the time to be patient, open your ears, open your heart. Don't go, don't come into this with preconceived judgments and notions and just let the Holy Spirit show you what you need to see and hear. And then you go behind me and you check it out for yourself. That's all. I don't have nothing to gain from this except appeasing the most high. 
I don't have nothing to lose from this because at the end of the day, I did my part. What I would like to see genuinely, because I really care and love you all, is people being saved in this information. The Holy Spirit does the talking. I just I'm just a vessel. And if you don't believe that I say that in vain, then you just need to read Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, it easily tells us, and this is when it's legit and this is when it's genuine. And some people don't know when it's genuine. But at Matthew chapter 10, verse 20 says, for it is not ye, meaning you all that speak, but the spirit of your father which speak in you. And that's all I'm doing. This boldness, this this means to, to, to get more into the word and to try to show you how it always ties in with everything else we've talked about on this show from day one. And even what's going on in the modern day society with prophecies unveiling. We'll give prophets and other so-called seers outside of the Bible props like Nostradamus and, uh, you know, just to name some. We, we'll, we'll talk about new age people, but we won't give none of the people in the Bible who are way more accurate because they were actually doing the bidding and, and what the most high told them to do with his spirit in them. We won't give them no props. We don't talk about Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi, Zephaniah, Zechariah. We're not talking about Moses, David. We ain't on here talking about that. Y'all don't want to talk about that. You ain't out here talking about Esther. You're not out here talking about Susanna. No one is talking about the different people in the Bible. They're not talking about Elijah and Enoch or Samuel. No one's talking about these guys. These were some powerful prophets in the times of old that let us know who Yah was, who was coming in the flesh, which was Yah as his son, the Messiah, Yahusha, Mashiach, Jesus Christ. And going beyond even him to the times of revelation in which we're living in. So I ask you all, before we get into our hell podcast today, do you really want the truth? Because if you do, wonderful. You are on the right path. And you can always test and measure what I'm saying to see if it's the truth. Not a form of truth, but the truth. And for those of you who don't want it, who think this is just some good entertainment, just something to kill some time and pass by. I'm glad you're listening, too, because whether you know it or not, you're going to need this information for later. And it's going to get into I'm planting a seed right now. I'm sowing a seed inside of you all with this information. And when it comes time for it to get watered and blossom, you're going to know, wow, the Bible, not just Jay. Jay ain't doing anything. Jay is just reciting the scriptures. You're going to say the Bible was right when I heard it on J Rated All Show. And that's going to encourage you and motivate you more to look more into the words for yourself or the most high and to develop a personal relationship with him. So y'all can laugh at it. You can doubt it. You can say it sounds good. A lot of you that are laughing right now or got a little smirk on your face and thinking what I'm saying is cute or whatever, or, or, or I don't believe in that book. You got a demon in you. And I'm not calling you a demon because you don't believe in something I'm talking about. That's not why I said that. I'm saying there's a reason why a lot of you will frown up or make haste jokes at the Bible. But you don't do that with nothing else. You don't do that when the book of, of uh, when Egypt, when the comedic teachings come about. You don't do that when we talk about something uh, Tibetan or any Buddhist. You don't do that when we talk about the Mayans or anything. You don't do that when we bring up any other spiritual culture. Y'all don't even do that with the Quran, but when the Bible gets brought up, y'all start feeling some kind of way. Ask yourself why. 
Sure, a lot of you have backstories that why you don't, you know, believe in religion because you've been forced into it or it didn't do anything for you when you went through the worst things in your life. That's because you don't know Christ and you didn't read the word for yourself. Reading the word means sitting down, studying this Bible every single day, meditating on this word, asking the most how to give you more clarity and reading it with a diligent heart. That's what that means. It don't mean going through a few pages, doing a little Google search here and there, read a passage or two, and then you think you know something about the word. Then when somebody come up here and try to tell you all these things about who these people were, who wrote the Bible, how the Bible came about, and how it's not the oldest book, and it's not the it's all, Listen, I've been all that. If you really want to test me on that, feel free. I've already given you a little bit of a sample of that in my other podcast that I've done since I've done this show. But if you really want to see where I'm at with it, I'll be more than happy to sit down with anybody and have this conversation. Straight up, because if it means saving your soul and getting you closer to the most high, I'm your man. I'm all for it. What's up? I say that with complete confidence. There's no arrogance. There's none of that. It's me knowing the truth and me knowing what the most high has put in me, what I've learned and what I've experienced personally. So having the Roach Kodesh myself speaking in tongues, being delivered from demons and all these different things. I already pretty much know that. I, yeah, I'm willing to go there with anybody because that's my testimony in the process. And I'll do it with love. So what's up? You want to see where it really is? Test the spirits. Prove all things. Bible tells you this itself. Not J-rated all, but the word. And y'all know deep down inside, you know it's the truth. That's why you feel like you do. So on that note, family, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit more discussion about hell. And then as we go into the discussion, we're going to start talking about what hell is, why hell was created. And we're going to give scriptures to uh, give accountants and, and, and uh, full understanding of what is in the Bible and why hell is even in the discussion. I'm your boy, Jerry Didar. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We will return after these messages. family we are back i'm your boy j rated r and you are tuning in to pharaoh radio well you heard it here you heard it first no doubt so yes it's been a while fam and i did that on purpose because i wanted to give enough time for people to go through the rapture series i wanted to give you all some other time to reflect on any other podcast you may have been listening to <clears throat> excuse me now Time is of the essence. There may not be many of you still in the mindset that you may have been in, and that could be a good or bad thing. <clears throat> and the reason why I've been wanting to do this hell podcast for some time now is because not only is it very much an important part 
a huge essential aspect to what the Bible has been telling us, forewarning us since the fall of man from old into the New Testament. But it is essential to understand that you are not to take the most high and his grace and his mercy and his long suffering that we may come to repentance for granted. Now, a lot of you don't believe in hell. You may believe in many hells. And yes, there are many hells. However, the one that the Bible des describes and talks about is a real hell that we cannot escape. Unlike those of us who may have come into an astral plane hell, which is real enough, <clears throat> excuse me, and can show you a great thing about yourself that needs to be, say, um, let's say healing taking place. We have nightmares all the time. Different people, of course. That's a form of an astral hell. And you know it's an astral hell because you're coming out of it. You're coming back. Now, what you do in this world, if you don't repent, get your life right. Going into the next won't be an astral hell. It's a spiritual place that's very real, just as real as here. You have all your senses. They'll be amplified. But what you will lack and what you won't have in that hell is mercy, love, hope, strength of any kind. Just complete and utter torment, horror, anything that is not good will exist there. And then, of course, you have the wrath, you have the fire, you have continuous nonstop torment, punishment, psychological warfare, physiological, which I what I like to call spiritual physiological warfare. Nothing good will come from it. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. How can a loving God put us in hell for all eternity, for something finite, a finite crime in this life that we live but a vapor as, you know, here today, gone tomorrow type thing? How and why is anything that we do on this planet worthy of eternal damnation, outweighing the crime itself, overseeing the punishment for longing and prolonging it to way past the point that goes beyond any time we spend on this planet. Why would a loving God do that? Well, family, today is the day for that question. I want to start with some basics, though. I'm just going to kind of talk our way through it. I'll give you guys scriptures because if I go through every single one of these scriptures, which I think is pertinent, by the way, and very necessary, yes. This podcast will be very long. And since you all have been going through dealing and giving me free reign to listen to my shows, those of you who actually listen to my shows wholeheartedly and thoroughly and all the way through. Thank you so much, because I put a lot of time in those shows. And I understand if you have something come about while you're listening that you got to do in the moment, something that's uh, important for you to get done at that time. I'm not tripping on that. As long as so long as you don't wait too long to get back to the podcast and continue from where you are so that it stay fresh in your mind. But I'm sure there are many people and I'm just going to be honest in saying this because it's realistic. It's, re it's reality. I'm sure there are people who listen to these podcasts and don't give a second thought to it. And then they'll listen to a little bit. And if it doesn't meet their standards or if it doesn't tickle their fancy, they just go ahead and skip it and go to something else. And that's on them. My job is to put the information out. Hopefully it will entertain you to enough of a degree for you to be interested, but it's more so for the, the seriousness of it. Family, I get no pleasure in telling you things like this, like this particular podcast we're doing now, 
That's why I want to hurry up and get it over with. And I say that respectfully, of course. But it's still necessary because everybody needs to hear this. There is not going to be one soul on this planet. And let me go to Matthew chapter 28 and show you why it's very important for people to understand that all the gospel has to be talked about before the return of the Most High. And a lot of people keep saying, well, how is it possible if this is an island and all that? Listen, you're still thinking human. You're not thinking faithful possibilities. You're not thinking word of mouth. You're not thinking radio wave frequency traveling. You're not thinking, fam, this word, if the, if the Most High say it's going to get there, then it's going to get there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so you got to understand this is going to be heard. The most high is not going to return until all of the gospel is preached, talked about. It's just a fact, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you care to believe it or not, this is a fact. And I know a lot of you will think, oh, it's just the Bible. They found flaws in this Bible. Let me tell you something. For those naysayers, for those I know what I'm talking about, people. I'm not knocking your knowledge, fam. I'm really not. We're all human, right? We all make mistakes. We're all going to say things. I mean, hell, I've done it many a times on the show. Overall, though, I've been pretty on point. And that's not a boast or an ego or anything coming from me because I could care less about who's right and who's wrong. What I care about is the truth. That's what I care about. And you should, too, if you're somebody who values what the truth is. Even if you don't like it, it's still the truth and you got to respect it. Now, there's truth in all things, but there's a difference when you say there's truth and versus the truth, meaning it is what it is. No matter what you say, what you do, it's going to be what it is. It's the genuine article, baby. Whereas truth is in all things, but that doesn't mean the whole thing of what you're talking about is the truth. And see, the devil, he's really good at that. He's good at selling you a lie, giving you something with truth in it, which we call half truth, if even half at all. But it's truth in it, which is to validate and give it the appearance that, well, he must be right because this this came true or this part is right right here. So why, why not believe it all? That's what happens when you don't fully test the things to their fullest extent or, as the Bible says, prove all things. Hold fast to that, which is good. First Thessalonians 521 or search the uh, search the scriptures. Now, if we're talking outside of the scriptures, the Bible still tells you prove all things. All things means everything that you come in contact or encounter with. The Bible says also to test the spirits. Of the people or the, or the individuals that you come encounter with. See who they with, who they not. Discern what type of spiritual person they are. What are their, are, are, they, are they who they say they are? Are they genuine? Are they authentic? What are the do's and don'ts, wills and won'ts of this person? What is the limit that you're going to draw? How are they? Why are they? And who are they? Everything's a test, fam. You got two T's that always go up against each other and they both represent God and the devil. And the two T's is testing and temptation. Yah, the most high, he tests. Hashatan, the dark one, he tempts. <laughs> now, is tempting a form of testing? Of course. But he's not testing you 
for the betterment of you. He's testing you to see how weak you are in front of God. If he can entice you to commit a sin or a sinful act so that he can therefore go before God and accuse you of doing the thing that he himself tried to entice and tempt you into doing in the first place. That's just how this dude works. So if you're not aware of that and you like what you're doing in your life right now as a human being, serving your flesh, your earthly and carnal desires, if sex is a thing for you, which it is for all of us at some point, we love sex. We know what it is. We know what it feels like when we're in the act. I don't have to get into none of that. And it's not just that, it's everything else in life. Now, I'm not telling you to walk around like you're holy and endowed, fam. Come on. We've had this talk. We've been through this before. The fact is this. You doing your best, getting more equipped for what's coming and what already is. If you're not too blind to the things going on around you already, if you're not too under the control of the world, if you're not too much in favor of the world and what the world says and who the world idols are and the celebrities and all that, if you're not too caught up in, in, in the hypnosis and the spell of, uh, of the, being under the spell of that, then you ought to be someone who's fairly under the, 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 the understanding and not the guise, but the understanding that we are living in a matrix. We like what we like. We love what we love. We dislike what we dislike. We hate what we hate. Or we're just completely confused and don't know what it, what we want, what we like, when we like it. We're just a basically I go by my mood type of person every day. Or how something feels. Jay, what is all I got to do with hell? Well, we go, I'm going there. Because you've heard me talk about this thing so long. Now you want to see what the big fuss is. There's some Hebrew words that I think you ought to know. That you need to be mindful of and aware of. And it's something that you don't want to bypass and just say English and hell. Because there's more to the Bible than just English translation. That's one of the biggest things I've noticed with religion. We don't go too much into translations. Because translations can be debiacal or debatable, shall I say, when it comes to well, this was said back when this was coming out. Oh, this is this is was changed to this. And if listen, I'm going to just give you a pretty much all the way straight through straight run all the way forward. Translation of some of these words. And you can always go behind me, fam, or anyone else and do your own research, which I've been trying to encourage people to do anyway. So there's no it makes no sense. To keep putting blame on somebody and you won't even get up off your butts and do your own homework. <clears throat> I've given you sources and even in the description of this podcast, you still have sources you can go to to do this type of research. I've given you all again, biblical sites, lexicons, concordances, sites you can go to using scriptures, uh, using lexicons to understand the Greek, the Hebrew. I've given you these sources in the description as I did in other podcasts. So there's no, it's up to you what you do with it. Now, when you say a word in Hebrew, there's a word that means the grave, like your burial ground, where you go when you get buried into the ground, a graveyard, right? Into the grave, into the deep. The word in Hebrew for that is Sheol, Sheol. 
In English, we spell it as S-H-E-O-L. Sheol, it's a Hebrew word for the grave. Another word in Greek would be Hades. And I know you've heard that in the Greek mythology. The Greek god Hades, who's the god of the underworld. Well, Hades in Greek means the underworld or the grave. Now, what is the underworld? Another word for underworld, which I told you was Sheol, meaning grave in Hebrew. Sheol also means the place of the dead. That's what the grave is. It's where the spirits go. Gehenna in Greek also is the same. And Hebrew, it's Gehenim. Gehenim. We spell that in the English translation as G-E-Y as one word. And then the next part of that word, which is another word, Hinnom, H-I-N-N-N as in Nancy, of course, O-M as in Mary. Gehenim. Whereas in Greek, it's Gehenna. In Hebrew, it's Sheol. And also Hades in Greek. Now, there's a place that is only once in the New Testament. It's called Tartarius. Tartarus. Excuse me. It's called Tartarus. Or Tartarus, as some of you know it as. Tartarus. I say Tartarus because that's usually how it's said. But some people have such pronounced uh, <laughs> pronunciations that they say things such as Tartarus. But it's Tartarus. Tartarus. It's once in your New Testament. And you'll find it in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It's the place where the angels are. Place of torment. You're right? Um, and then, of course, Abraham's bosom. You'll hear me say that, which is used only once in your Bible. And that's in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. But you'll read about it when you get to verse 26. We'll get to that if we have time. See, understanding the Hebrew Bible one word at a time is why I do this, fam. It's important. So hell, we've all heard that word. And that's what all these words somehow come to meaning in one way or the other. Even though they have different meanings, they all mean the one thing, hell. So family, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. When we return, we'll come back. We'll get into what this stuff means. I'm your boy, Jerry Dadar. Don't go anywhere. We shall return out to these messages. Stay tuned. Can't go back, no, no way Repent 
get turned away We pray, worship always I seek Him every day I know that I am saved Sometimes I fall okay I get back up and pray I will not fall away yeah. Ain't perfect, I be sinning Sinning, sinning Washed in your blood, I'm winning Winning, winning I'm saved, now my life different Different, different Got freed up out that prison Prison family we are back i'm your boy jay and you already know what it is thank you all for tuning in to favor radio where you heard it here you heard it first no doubt so yeah we're going to start off with a few things like i said i gave you all some bible tool study websites that you can go to if you either don't have the time the money or resources uh, to buy yourself say a lexicon or a hebrew concordance or greek concordance which i totally understand a lot of people are very convenient based on Internet these days. That's what it's there for, family. Use it for some good. Uh, these sites I've been giving you are free. All you got to do is choose either or any of them would be uh, will be great sites. Personally, if I were to give my opinion, if you would ask me which one do I use the most or which one do I find more favor? And it just depends on what your study is. All of them are good for looking up scriptures, but if you really want the best type of usage in terms of resources, tools, and much, much more, where you can kind of get anything out of it from Hebrew to Greek, uh, from learning all different types of versions of the Bible, for looking up words and what they truly mean in their etymology, that means their true, their, their original uh, meanings, I would personally, if I were you, personally, any of them are great. So I'm not knocking any of them, but if I had to choose one, I would choose blueletterbible.org. All the others are great. I wouldn't put them on there in, in, in the uh, description if I didn't think they were good usages. Um, but I'm just giving you the most popular ones is Blue Letter Bible and Blue uh, and Bible Hub and Bible Gateway. All three of those are very, very popular. The Bible study tools, another great one. I haven't used preceptaustin.org. But maybe once or twice. No, I know it's at least twice. And that's why I have it on here. So it's not the most recommended by me, but that doesn't mean it's the least. Uh, it should be the least used. If you use it, get some great use out of it. I haven't used it enough to give you uh, a personal. Um, you know, my, my personal 
like it, uh, whether I think it's good or not. I haven't used it enough. But I will say I have heard that it's good. And I did go in there once or twice myself. So, but Blue Letter Bible, Bible Hub, BibleGateway.com, those things are good. And Bible study tools. But my favorite is BlueLetterBible.org. So you use them all, check them all out for yourself to see what you like, uh, what you can get out of them, and which one is most favorite by you. Doesn't matter. Don't have to be with J. Reed at all likes. <laughs> uh, but I'm giving you my honest, genuine um, opinion. Now, the word Sheol, right? I want to tell you something. After a week of researching Sheol, and I'm not talking about in the recent sense. I've been doing Sheol studies um, on and off through all the years I've been talking about, but I've been doing more recent study on it just so I could, you know, prep myself for this because it's a lot of information. I'm not going to give it all to you today. I just want to give you the basics of hell. I don't want to get all deep into it because just talking about it kind of cringes me a little bit. Um, but after a week of researching Sheol, um, usually the word gets translated as hell. And I think a lot of people um, that study this word usually know it as hell. Now, some would debate it's not hell, at least not in the sense that we use it in our present day culture interpretation. But a lot of people would say it is. I personally would say yes and no, because it literally firstly, mostly is used to mean the grave. Right. When you get buried. Sheol in Hebrew would be the word to use for getting buried in the ground. That's where the place of the dead go physically, their corpses. Spiritually, you don't wait in a dead body or a place of purgatory until the day of judgment. Now, I'm not going to get into that because what I do believe, I'm not going to go into that right now. I'll give you that if I have some time at the end. Okay. Uh, about where we go outside of time. I do believe all of us meet outside of time. That's why people in the past and people of now, when it comes time to getting these glorified bodies, it would all be one and the same. And I think if you really want to know, do I feel like we've already, is there a future version of us that's already out of these bodies? Yeah, there is. But see, that's a little over people's heads. God operates Yah. God for you, God, you all like to call him God. I just say that for people, other people's uh, appeasement. But Yah, the creator, he operates both outside of time and within time simultaneously. So he's always aware of what's going on in our plane while dealing with what's going on in his plane, which is a plane of eternal. Now, there's no time release per se like we know time here. If we were to give it a time frame using his realm against ours, we would have to say as second Peter three, eight and Psalms 90 verse four says, which is a day to him is but a thousand years to us. <laughs> so for him, it hasn't been that long <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> for us. Hey, we're, we're, we're talking thousands of years here, millenniums, right? Uh, and more and more because this this goes beyond what we know as history, you know? Anyway, I thought I'd be more so forward about this word and how it's actually been given a great amount of um, depth in terms of what it means. 
And I know it may sound strange to a lot of you that I say this, but I hope by the end of this podcast, you'll be feeling a little bit more assured and having some knowledge and then to take it, you know, for grasp it for what it is and not at straws and just look into it for yourself. Okay. Um, Sheol is not hell as many people think, but yet in a sense it is. And hell, as we know, it is a place of eternal suffering, damnation with fire and brimstone and torment, endless torment, the place of everlasting punishment forever. And I think that's brutal. I agree with you. I, I don't see why in the world we would have to endure such an eternal suffering for just things that we did here in the earth plane and a very short period of time compared to that which is eternal. Now, what it may seem to be for some, and there is a lot of doctrine out there right now that's circulating all around in the internet and the world. There's the doctrine of annihilation where they don't believe that you will fully be uh, completely tormented for the rest of eternity, that you will be judged, tormented for a little bit. And then in the second death, which was what we're going to get into later called the lake of fire, that once you get there, you are completely annihilated, wiped out so that you do not exist. And I know if we all had a choice for those who may go to hell, they'd rather be annihilated than to have to completely endure suffering, endless torment, being burned in fire that never quenches. Go, I mean, go, means go out or simmer down, hotter than the sun, being completely in utter darkness, gross darkness as the Bible calls it. It's a darkness that just seems to permeate all things, including the light, and it seems to be alive. And it's an airy feeling, a scary feeling, more than just scary. It literally is alive, the darkness described in, in some of these scriptures. Then you have to deal with these worms, which the Bible had originally called maggots in, in the Hebrew word, of course, but it means maggots. Now, I'm going to get into all these meanings, family. That's why I gave you all some of this information to look into for yourself, because I've done a great deal of a lot of body of work. And it just would take away from just getting the point of where I'm going with this by just giving you every single detail. Um, these are worms that never die. Now, as we all know, if we don't know, you need to look this up if you're interested enough. Some of this may gross some of you out. But maggots on Earth here, when they have had their full uh, filling of eating flesh, usually they die. Now, you'll say, well, how can they die if they're flies? They eat and then they turn into flies. Yes. But if they eat too much, they can die. Well, this type of maggot in hell eats sweetly on thee, as the Bible says, meaning you or I, anybody. And it never dies. Fire doesn't burn it, doesn't kill it. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't have pain. It eats off you. It eats you while you're alive. And because you are a spirit in the eternal torment, you're going to be put in a body in hell that can resist all of these types of torments. When I say resist, I don't mean not feel them. I mean, able to endure them. And you'll feel every bit of the pain that they that they inflict. Upon you, but they won't it won't end. And the bodies will reanimate themselves and start your punishment all over again. And you'll say, well, ain't that a bit harsh? I think the old school churches like the Nicene Council and Constantine and them, I think they added all of that fear because I think the Roman church put all that in there to control the people. There are some things in the Bible, yes, that the Roman churches have had some tampering with family. 
But I assure you, this is scripture that has come straight out of the manuscripts of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Dating as far back as going into the Ethiopian manuscripts and things of that nature. So Yahusha preached a lot on these things. He talked a lot about it because he wanted you to understand the severity of what it is and why it is. And not, and not that it has anything to do with a father being all hell bent on punishing his creation if they don't do what he says or if they don't obey him, then they're gonna just suffer and he's just gonna turn his back on them and he's never gonna this and that. No, he didn't even create it for us. He created it for the devil and his angels. That in itself is a podcast all by itself. And I'm going to make this podcast as short as I can today, but I still want what I'm saying to be thoroughly felt, respected and understood in its fullest content because hell is nothing to play with. And if we can take time out to do podcasts on other shows that are far more longer than 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 what I'm going to do this one as we should at least respect it. Um. And you can always go behind me and do your own research and you can choose to believe what you want, fam. I'm not saying this to scare anyone into submission. I'm saying this so that you will know that we take our lives for granted. And because we seem to think it is our lives and we can do what we want, rightfully so, through free will, that there's no consequences in the afterlife, that we what we do here is what we where it ends and where it stays. No, that stuff rolls over into the next life, which is far more longer than this one. So it gives you something to think about. And, and here's the case. Here's the worst case scenario. If I'm wrong and you do all the things you're supposed to do and you follow Christ and you, you know, you have salvation and you die and go to heaven, then what's the worst? Would you rather do the things you're supposed to do here just in case so that when you do have the next life to go into, you're found in that land's book of life and you'll live an eternal life of bliss and beauty and joy and all that? As opposed to thinking maybe your way is right and you take the risk and not live like you're supposed to and not give yourself over to the most high through salvation. And then when you get in the next life, not, your name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now you got to go to the other place for all eternity and suffer all these things. So it's better to be to risk it doing the right thing and be wrong than it is to risk it doing the wrong thing. And what I said was right. And you end up having to find out the hard way, which means there's no spiritual rehabilitation. There's no going back and repeating it and getting it right. There's no reincarnating. There's none of that. There's no place of purgatory where your punishment would be found lightly or you can serve. You can go there and serve on good time, serve uh, good behavior, served and time served and then possibly be awarded and acquitted and able to come into heaven. No, that's not how it works, fam. I wish According to the scriptures and, and, and this Bible, I wish that's how it was, because that's how we're taught from other religions and other spiritual doctrine that there's either reincarnation or purgatory or hell doesn't last forever. Or it's your own hell you put yourself in. And when you're ready to be um, rehabilitated, you can come out of it. Boy, if that was the truth, people wouldn't they wouldn't worry about hell as much. It would be still scary because you got to go through it, go there, go through torment and all that. But just knowing you have a chance to come out of it. That would give you some hope. In hell, there's no hope. All hope, love, mercy, and joy, that comes from Yah. That literally comes from him. Not, not me saying he, he creates it. It literally is from him himself. That's why we have it. 
the moment he removes his spirit and remember the moment you leave this plane where you're living in a frequency where all those things exist, love, mercy, hope and all the other things. The moment you leave here and go to the courtrooms because heaven has a courthouse. That's where you're trialed for all the things you did on earth. And if you were found not in the Lamb's book of life, you're going to go to hell, fam. And when you go there, all of those attributes that God gave you that you experienced here will be left and you will have nothing but the but but all the terror, fear, hopelessness and no strength. None of that will be given to you in hell. You'll be weak. You'll be put in a body for torment and you'll have to deal with that along with being tormented by the demonic beings. And the horrors you'll see there will be more realer than anything you've ever seen in this world, because in hell, just like in heaven, it's more real in these planes than it is here. Here, this is an illusion. We think this is real based on our five sense perception. And either one of those two different planes of spiritual uh, existence, one everlasting contempt, the other everlasting life of paradise, you have all your senses and more senses than you're using now. And they're all heightened. And everything is realer. So it's either realer in the horror or it's realer in the paradise. And it's amplified and magnified. Thousands and thousands upon thousands of times more. So you would experience things in full rendition. Full application. So why would you want to play with that? Right here on earth, we tough. We talking big. Yeah, whatever, son. I ain't, yo, psh, whatever. I'm ready. I'll knock these dudes out. I'll, you won't do nothing. You'll be screaming, begging the Lord, begging the most high. Please, Lord, help me. And his voice will be far from you because in hell, the only thing of him that exists is his fire, which represents his wrath, according to the scriptures. Not only that, he's omnipresent. So, yeah, he will still be there in terms of knowing what's going on. But he won't be there in terms of you being able to feel his presence because he is the opposite of what hell is. And you'll say, well, how could he be that if he's the one who created it and put us here? Hell was a place, again, created for the devil and his fallen angels. When they didn't want to have nothing to do with Yah and what Yah represents, they wanted to do their own thing. He created a place for them without his presence there. And that's what hell is. It's a place without Yah. And see, when you take all the good, all the joys that we take for granted, all the luxuries, all the having free will, all the things that we do in strength, all that comes from y'all, fam. The Bible tells us this. Remove all of that. You remove God. Now you have a place with just what hell is. Complete, utter, cold, hot, hopelessness, torment. And whatever other levels of hell there is. And it's not good. And that's just hell. That ain't even the lake of fire, fam. So I'm going to give you these scriptures today. We're going to get through this pretty quickly. Respectfully. So we can move on to some other types of podcasts. I'm your boy, Jay Reed at all. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go ahead and take our next commercial break. When we return, we're going to jump straight into it. Stay tuned. People don't come to your life to love you. They come into your life to use you. They don't come to bring to your life. They come to take from it. They don't see you as a person. They see you as an opportunity. Trust me, I've been there. These are the type of people that don't love you for you. 
They love you for what they can take from you. They're not loyal to you. They're loyal to the benefits that come with you. That's why they never show up no matter how many times you showed up for them. That's why they never offer help no matter how many times you've helped them. Like for real, stop breaking your back for people who clearly don't got yours. Like I live by this, you don't have to live by it. But if it's not reciprocated, then that relationship has to be annihilated. I refuse to be used. All right, beautiful family, we are back. And I thank you all so much for tuning in to Favorite Radio. Um, You know, during commercial break, I was just sitting here thinking off off a little bit on some subjects and uh humans we're some funny people man uh and i'm i'm just generalizing here okay nothing in particular but we really have some funny ways about us and we may not think that individually we may but we don't want nobody else pointing it out or it's just it just never ceased to amaze me and i and i say this with looking at myself too in a lot of ways that it, everything is based on mood or vibration. Now, let me make that more simplistically clear linguistic wise. Everything seems to be based on our emotions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're like, why well, you got to go there and talk about mood or vibration? <laughs> but, um, you know, each and every one of us, whether we realize this, feel this, believe this or not, or look at it in this way, it doesn't mean, make it any less true truthful and that is we're all unique you have to know you're a unique person yes we're very similar as human beings men are very similar women are very similar uh and we're also the same in terms of how we act about a lot of things at different times because we're human we have that in our dna we're people it doesn't matter your background your ethnicity your nationality or your creed all the time It just simply means you have a soul, you have DNA, you pick up, you learn, uh, you explore, you experience, you do all these things. So we're more alike than anything. Sure, we have unique ways about us. Individually, we have uh, belief systems that a lot of us can mirror or reflect off of one another. And some happen to be in a category where there are some who actually can relate more to you in a, in a certain way than others. And that's with anything and everything. The reason why I'm saying this is because before I get into what this hell thing is, and I don't say it like that to be disrespectful. I say it like that because there's nothing good about hell. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to give you what certain people think. And it comes from the scriptures. Most people have this once saved, always saved type of mentality that that is you know, one, the Lord doesn't just give you something and takes it back. It is a gift. Salvation is a gift. We can forfeit that gift, though. So don't let nobody deceive and thinking that, oh, I'm saved now. If I go out here and kill somebody, will I still be saved? And then somebody say yes. The answer is if you don't repent, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean that you just will be on the outside of the kingdom of heaven. When it comes, you know, when the new earth and the new Jerusalem comes down, the bride meets and all of that. And that there is a thing called outer darkness. Now, some people believe that once you're saved, if you don't repent, you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, meaning you won't be on the inside of the walls of Jerusalem. You'll be outside in outer darkness, but you will escape wrath. I don't know about that. I'm going to go ahead and go with what I know and what I have read in the Bible to believe that if you don't repent, 
and you continuously become as Matthew 7 verse 21 through 24 says a worker of iniquity and Jesus says depart from me for I never knew you you're going to eternal torment there is no in between there is no in between if that was the case it would have been said and all throughout the Bible there's only two options eternal contempt which is punishment or eternal paradise which is heaven there is no purgatory because to me it sounds like this outer darkness seems like a place that you're not allotted all of the you're not allotted any of the benefits of being with Christ within the walls of Jerusalem but you're also not able you but you have yet escaped wrath which means you're not in eternal torment now if that's the case how many people would actually would actually be in, in outer darkness right now I'm not going to go with that okay that's a good sure way to get yourself put in somebody's hell <laughs> just, just, just want to give you my 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 two cents worth you believe what you want okay um another false doctrine i've heard is a annihilation where you won't serve time for all eternity in torment that when the second death meaning the lake of fire comes after the judgment that you will be casted into that lake of fire and you will be wiped out of existence yet how many times in the scriptures do we keep saying forever and ever and ever that you will be in eternal torment forever means forever eternally that means that you will be devoid in, of being in god's presence but you won't be uh annihilated you will still be a very much alive in the spirit just in eternal torment i know you probably wish if you were that person to be annihilated so you don't have to continue down having to be suffering for all eternity. So again, that whole doctrine of once saved, always saved and doctrine of universalism and annihilation, those are false doctrines, fam. And there's nowhere in the Bible that preaches that. And somehow, somehow people have a knack of perceiving certain things in the Bible to, to, to look a certain way. And it's easy to rebuttal that. Read it in its full context is one. If that doesn't ring a bell, then do the translations. You can't go wrong. And then and then precept upon precept. Compare it to other words in the Bible, because the Bible is not the word. The, look, this whole word, this whole Bible is the word of Yah. And he is not the author of confusion. And he gives over and over repetitiously in each book different scenarios where we can, can, can rightly divide the word of truth. Second Timothy chapter 215 tells us. And we'll see these things back themselves up. So there's just too many ways to back the word up without taking it for, you know, out of context. And for people who do that, you got to ask yourself, what are you gaining from this other than a one way ticket to hell and then taking others with you in the process? So I'm not here to do that. That's why I always urge you to go behind me, study for yourself, check into these things for yourself. I'll give you resources. You can do it all on your own uh, because I care about you that much. So let's, without further ado, let's get into this. So yes, I've given you some um, some sources you can look into. Now getting back to what this thing Sheol means, some simply means, uh, you know, to some, some suggest that the word Sheol, the Hebrew word for hell, if you want to use that, which simply means just the grave. Now I think it's safe to say that the Hebrew word for grave, which is kever, and you can find us in 6913 of the BibleHub.com. Uh, 6913 of BibleHub.com will give you the word for grave, which in Sheol is the word kever. 
However, having more than one word for grave shouldn't be of concern. English is notorious for multitude words, meaning the same thing. Grave, tomb, uh, sepulcher, you know, cemetery, plot, uh, burial chamber, all these different names for grave. And it's not the only language to do this, fam. Now, what is the Tanakh? And I've already told you that if you paid attention to the Satanic Kingdom podcast, we kind of went over what the Tanakh is. We went over that in other podcasts too, the Pentateuch, which is the Old Testament. All right. The, the Tanakh simply means the Old Testament. All right. Uh, the Pentateuch is the same thing. When you say Torah, you're talking about the book or the law of instruction. Now, the Tanakh does make it clear. And that is that Sheol is not the place where evil people go. It's just the place where everyone goes. Everyone dies and goes down to Sheol. Even the patriarch Jacob knew he would go there eventually. And his response to that, you will read that in Genesis 37 family verses 34 through 35, where it tells you. So Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Then all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning, not mourning time, but as in mourning, sadness, M-O-U-R-N-I-G, okay, not M-O-R-N-I-N-G. He says he will go down into Sheol in mourning for his son. So his father wept for him. That's what that means in that passage of Genesis 37 verses 34 through 35. Jacob, for Jacob, this was not a heaven or hell debate. It was merely saying that the loss of his son would kill him. It would put him in his grave, not send him to hell. Now we look at the word Sheol as dark, dusty and forgotten. Although Sheol is not the hell that our culture imagines, it is not a happy place either. Sheol was a place of darkness. Right. It was a pit with worms where we all eventually would go down into the dust. So, family, I'm trying to tell you the biggest topics, the biggest debate when it comes to the scriptures is hell, everlasting life, eternal life. Where would we spend our time after we leave this planet? My days are past, my plans are torn apart, even the wishes of my heart. They make night into day, saying the light is near in the presence of darkness. That's in Job chapter 17, verse 11 through 16. Now, if I look for Sheol as my home, I make my bed in the darkness. If I call to the pit, you are my father, to the worm, my mother and my sister. Where now is my hope? And who regards my hope? Will it go down with me to Sheol? Shall we together go down into the dust? See, going down into the dust was a common metaphor for death. And it still is, fam. What I just read to you was Job 17, chapter 17, verse 11 uh, into 16. I didn't get all the way into it, but I'm just giving you some synopsis of what this is. And that phrase ashes to ashes, dust to dust comes directly from Solomon's writings. If you don't believe me, turn in your Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter three and we'll read verse 19. It says, for the fate of the sons of men and the fate of beasts is the same. 
all go to the same place. All came from the dust and all shall return to the dust. See, but Sheol wasn't just a place, dusty, dark place to lay your head when your days on earth came to an end. What made it worse was the fate of being forgotten. Now, Job 24, verse 19 through 20 says drought and heat consume the snow waters. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. A mother will forget him. The worm feeds sweetly till he is no longer remembered and weak and wickedness will be broken like a tree. Is there anything worse than being forgotten? No. <laughs> How far away from life would you have to be family to be to have to be for even your mom to forget you? How do you escape that fate? CCO was also described as a monstrous ingestion of souls. And we can see that in numbers. And I'm just giving you some examples of this word because it's it's a lot. Now, does that mean that this is not as, as looked at as a hell? No, it doesn't. A lot of people would beg to differ based on translations and us usages of how this is put in the scriptures. But anytime a worm sweets sweetly on the maggot and it doesn't die in the fire, then we know this is not talking about the grave, is it? Because that would be an earthly worm that would eat and then die. No, a fire burning a worm would die. But if this is not a normal fire and this is not a normal worm and it still continues to eat you or eat off of you and it never dies and it's not affected, then we know we're talking about the hellfire, right? You know, in Numbers chapter 16, verse 20 through 34, Moses said, By this you shall know that Yahuwah has sent me to do all these deeds, for this is not my doing. If these men die the death of all men, or if they suffer the fate of all men, then Yahuwah has not sent me. But if Yahuwah brings about an entire, I mean, brings about an entirely new thing, and the ground opens its mouth, and swallows them up with all that is theirs, and they descend alive into Sheol, then you will understand that these men have spurned Yahuwah. Now, the ground opening up, some of you would say, well, that, that's when somebody digs a hole or when there's an earthquake and men fall into it. They fall into the deepness of the depths of the earth and it kills them. And they're forgotten. They're forgotten, meaning they're no more. That would be what that means. But I have news for you. In the spirit plane, there's wormholes that go deep into the earth. And when you get sucked into it, you can't come out of it. It's inescapable. So has there been a mistranslation? Yes and no. Because that part is true. But it's been trans mistranslations based on the usages of these words until you look them up and read the scriptures to go with them. Now, we could go through a whole ton of scriptures, which I told you I didn't really want to do, but I want to do some of it because I need you to understand the severity and the seriousness of it all. Now, according to uh, Isaiah and moral behavior, and frivolous living meant that Jerusalem would be swallowed by Sheol. 
And if we take a look at Isaiah chapter five, verse 14, family, we'll read that it says, therefore, Sheol has enlarged its throat and opened its mouth without measure and Jerusalem's splendor, her multitude, her den of rivalry and the jubilant within her descend into it. Now, Habakkuk pointed out that Sheol was always hungry and death was always looking for more to eat. Habakkuk is the book. Chapter two, verse five says, furthermore, wine betrays the haughty man so that he does not stay at home. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol and he is like death, never satisfied. He also gathers to himself all nations and collects to himself all peoples. Now, what we have here is David had great hope in Yahuwah. Death would encompass, overwhelm, surround and confront him, family. But Yahuwah's promised salvation. Did he not? And Yahuwah would deliver. The Lord never says anything. His word never goes out and returns to him void. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let every man be a liar and God be the truth. So we know when Yah says something, that's what he has to be held he has to be held up to because he does not lie. He would hear David's cry and save him from Sheol, from death. Now, how do you save someone from death? There's a couple ways to do that. Three ways. Well, I can see a car coming and you're, you're about to walk smack dead in the street and don't look and see it coming and I run and grab you or push you out of the way of the car avoiding any injury or either death that may have become or come to you that's one way another way to avoid death and be more in the supernatural sense would be to keep you from dying now I can't do that but who can the most high that's one way now, another way we could look at that supernaturally is when you do die in the physical body, your spirit ascends to heaven. If you have been, you know, found in the Lamb's Book of Life, your soul will go to heaven, be with the Father for all eternity, for he is the God of the living, not the dead. That means you will be forever in his presence. You will be given all the benefits of a child of God. And thirdly, another way somebody can save you from death would simply mean sort of again in the supernatural sense to find a way to keep you alive without dying. Now, technology is, is sticking out its ugly face, saying that we know now how to transfer men's consciousness from one body to another. Sort of like the movie Transcendence with Johnny Depp or going back even earlier than that to movies like Lawnmower Man with Jeff Fahey and how he transferred his consciousness from the body he was in into the computer system all these movies are renditions of each other they're repeats right because this is all an agenda and all both of those movies had something to do with virtual reality they did it not but nonetheless we're not talking about just that and we also seen it in some snippets of the movie tron but here's the thing and the matrix <laughs> um Death is inescapable as a human being. Now, we know Adam and Eve had kind of messed that up for all of us when they disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden and they were eating from the tree of life. And when they ate from the tree of knowledge that God forbid them to eat from and the serpent talked them into doing it. That's when hell really got introduced in their life. Sin, shall I say, being a part of hell was introduced into the life that made that they came down from their divine countenance and became mortal beings where they could die, have diseases. His body became frail and weak 
easy to be tempted and all sorts of other things that we experience as human beings. So before that, eternal life was at our footstool. It was our, it, we, we had an abundance of living forever, perfect, diseaseless, sinless. And that's why Yahusha, also known as the second Adam, came as known as the quickening of the spirit because he came to restore that which was lost and destroyed when Adam and Eve dis disobeyed in the Garden of Eden. He came doing the complete opposite. He didn't sin at all. His blood was innocently shed as a new covenant, a renewed covenant for salvation and the remission of sins to put an end to iniquity and to be atoned for sins. He was that ultimate lamb sacrifice. And so it is through him, by grace, through faith, we are saved. And through him receiving the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, when it's our time to leave, if we are to believe wholeheartedly, be baptized in his name, repent of our sins, we will be found in the Lamb's Book of Life family and we will be given glorified bodies when we die, coming out of this body, going into the spirit world and we will be given glorified bodies so that we can live forever. Beautiful. Sounds like a fairy tale, I know. But I believe every bit of it. <sighs> Hell is not the place you want to be, fam. It's just not. It's not, the, it's not the hangout. It's not the spot. It's not cool. There's no sex down there. There's no partying. There's no, no inkling of anything good that Hollywood and this world has depicted to give you this false notion that hell is cooler than heaven and that hell is where mostly everybody's going to go. Now, I do believe there's going to be a majority of people in hell than there are in heaven because hell is getting busted wide open, according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. So I believe that. But the gates of are wide. The, the destruction is wide. Very few find the narrow one the narrow gate which is, leads us to heaven hell is busting wide open every day it's, it's growing it's expanding <laughs> okay and I'm not saying that in a very encouraging business technological opportunist way I mean uh, you know most people oh we're, we're growing we're expanding yeah well that's not a place you want to be expanding you don't want to go there it's just getting so much wider because more people are going there every every day it's not the place it's just not. So, family, I'm not going to make this a super long podcast. I want to do another podcast that will be a spinoff at some point. I don't have a time frame. And I want to have a very special guest to come on the show. Uh, someone that's very near and dear to me, very close to me. Uh, someone I very care, very much so care about and love. And I want to have that conversation and the podcast will be called What If You're Wrong? So more to be discussed on that at a, a future uh, sooner than later, hopefully, if it's y'all's will and future um, upcoming podcasts. But I want to get through this one first because I want you all to understand just enough to know that there's a severity behind hell. There's a severity behind it and it's nothing to be played with. So Sheol simply means separation from Yahuwah. Now, how does that happen? Now we're getting into the hellacious part, the supernatural part. See, in Psalms 88, 
Psalms gets into the poem about the death that was coming soon. So when we read Psalms 88 and we read verses 1 through 7, we learn that Yahuwah, the God of my salvation, as it is said, I have cried out by day and in night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul has had enough troubles and my life has drawn near to Sheol. I am reckoned among those who go down to the pit. I have become like a man without strength, forsaken among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. Yeah, you'll say, well, wait a minute. This is still talking about people dying, right? No, this is talking about the other aspect of hell, which is the eternal one, using the same term, Sheol. And that's why I want you all to understand this. Some people just want to make it seem basic. Oh, that's not what he meant. That's not what they were saying. Oh, the church made that seem like that. Blah, blah, blah. There were people who have had real accounts, honest people who have given testimony to go into this place that they forbid anybody. They come back scared, barely able to, to, to calm down because the Lord has allowed them through a near death experience of some sort to go to this place. Now, some of you say, oh, that was divine by the reptilians. They made this lower astral plane where it looks like it's real and this and that. Listen, man, if you want to believe that family, you go right ahead and believe that. But say that to the people who are in hell right now that can't get out of it. How come some of you so-called spiritual gurus and leaders aren't going into hell and pulling them right out of there? See, you got to test the spirits, man, because you're going to hear a lot of false type of stories about, oh, hell isn't a place that is forever. It is very much forever. And even if it isn't, why would you want to risk it to find out? Because what if you're wrong, fam? That's a heck of a bid. What if you're wrong? It also says in Psalms 88, you have put me in the lowest pit in dark places in the depths. Your wrath has rested upon me and you have afflicted me with all your waves. Will your loving, loving kindness be declared in the grave, your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will you will your wonders be made known in the darkness and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Yahuwah, have cried out to you for help. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Yahuwah, why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I was afflicted and about to die from my youth on. I suffer your terrors. I have overcome. Now, to this person who was writing these things at the time, it says Sheol was a grave of forgetfulness, a dark pit where souls were rejected and cut off from Yahuwah, unable to see his face and remember it no more. No wonder he felt overwhelmed. It should also be noted that Herman mentioned Abaddon. Now, that word can be found six times in the Tanakh, often alongside Sheol. It comes from the root word Abad, meaning to perish. In Hebrew context, Abaddon was a place of destruction, which is who we also call Apollyon. When you read Revelations chapter 9, verse 11, in Hebrew, the word for destruction is Abaddon, but it's actually a place as well. Whereas the name in Greek is Apollyon, which means the destroyer, which is referring to one of the fallen angels who was the king of the pit, of the bottomless pit. It's not Satan. Satan is going to be having him released with God's permission. See, we'll get more into that at a, at a different time. But yes, Abaddon was a place of destruction where one goes to meet one's death. 
And in the New Testament, Abaddon, Napoleon in Greek, like I said, was the name of the king of the bottomless smoky pit, also known as the angel of the abyss. And that's in John Revelation chapter nine. You'll see it in verse 11. David had a similar prayer to Hermans. When you read Psalms chapter six, verse two to five, and I'm not going to go into all that. Then you have Psalms 139, verse seven through eight. All these things talk about Sheol. You have Isaiah 38, verse 9 through 11. You have Isaiah 38, verse 17 through 19. That's Hezekiah's prayer. You should all read and take notes of these things I'm giving you. I told you I'm going to make this podcast shorter today. It's not going to be a very long one. I don't want to spend a whole two, three, four hours talking about hell. Now, how severe is it? Yes, I will do another podcast on hell. Um, But I want to kind of go more into that when we do What If You're Wrong. I want to build that podcast up through this one because that is going to be for a deeper discussion. And we're going to have more than just my voice on the pot, the platform, if it's y'all's will, hopefully if things still uh, pan out and go as planned. Sometimes, you know, these things change in the twinkling of an eye. And you don't know what you may have to do in the moment, but just know that these are things that you don't take for granted, family. And so. There's so many scriptures I'm going to give you all that you can look at. Now, the Messiah and Sheol. Well, we start talking about the Old Testament. I want you to know that the whole volume of the book is about Christ. And for some of you who don't get that, it's because you haven't studied the Bible. You haven't looked into the Bible deep enough to know that. So I don't expect you to be on the same page with that or understanding of that. That's that's perfectly fine. A lot of people, though, do speak out of uh, context through um, premature uh, notions. They think they know the Bible and they really don't know anything much of what they think they know. And I'm not saying that to be funny, but it's the truth. A lot of people love to speak on things they have no knowledge of. And I just don't understand that type of thinking, that type of behavior. It makes no sense. Um, If you're going to speak on such things, know what you're talking about. Know what you're dealing with. Know who you're dealing with. And uh, and go from there, fam. <laughs> um, it's not rocket science, family, but it's, it's not something you just turn your nose up at either. OK. Um, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 10 through 14. It says, Yahuwah spoke again to Ahaz, saying, ask a sign for yourself from Yahuwah, your God. Make it deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Now, right there and then, we know that when it says high as heaven and then when it says Sheol, we're talking about two supernatural places. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test Yahuwah. Then he said, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men that you will try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. That's in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is in the Old Testament, fam. Who else do we know in the New Testament was called Emmanuel, meaning God be with us? Jesus Christ. So this has no longer any bear any any, any uh, it bears no witness to being in the grave. It talks about as a witness between heaven and hell, which in the Hebrew is Sheol. See, in Hebrew, Emmanuel means God with us and he would be with us from the depths of Sheol to the heights of heaven. Yahusha never shall. Listen, listen. 
He never shied away from talking about hell or heaven, for that matter. And in the New Testament, the concept of Sheol gets translated into English as hell. But Yeshua used two different Greek words for the English hell. He used the word Hades and Gehenna. Gehenna. These are two Greek words for hell. Now, obviously, Gehenna in Greek is Gehenna and she and, and Hebrew, which we'll get into. But this is just something I want you all to take notice in, fam. A quick word on Hades. The most instance when Yahusha talked about hell, the Greek word Hades was used by the gospel writers. Hades, to those living within Greek culture, as the early Messiah followers were, was the god of the dead in Greek mythology family and in the underworld. You know this. And the place of the dead was named after him. So like Sheol, the underworld was in great depths of the earth. But unlike Sheol, it had many rivers all describing sentiments of destruction, hatred, pain, forgetfulness, fire and wailing. And one of the places that the Greek people believed was a gate to the underworld was found in uh, Peneus, later named under the Roman rule, um, Caesarea Philippi. So and now it's named Benias. So in this town was a large, deep cave thought to be a gate to Hades, which you can still see today. And you know what? There are different places on this planet, family, that actually in caverns or whatever lead down to lower depths of the earth, which go through certain things like portals. And if you think that's too far fetched and you just don't know the world you live on, how can you prove that, Jay? <sighs> give me some time and I can give you a, a pretty good uh, extended podcast to give you a good run for your money because I'm going to tell you something. Where do you think all this hollow earth stuff comes from? Where do you think all this talk about Australia and the walls that they keep blocking? What do you think all the talk about certain areas like in Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, Nevada? Where do you think all these different places all over the planet, Jerusalem being one of the major ones, where these places where people go Roswell and all these different things. That's not just speculation and, and conspiracy theories, family. They use those things as cover ups to make you think so. But these are very, very powerful points of uh, access points, which is why they're heavily guarded. It has nothing to do with military and all this stuff for for land mass and, and practicing for wars and all this. Look, that's a front. They know that in deep down and underground bases, these entities are working with your government. I have given you enough information through a lot of podcasts for you to look into that, for that to not be speculation or speculative at this point. And if you're somebody who's new for the first time coming into this podcast and just now hearing this for the first time, well, I understand you You may have doubt. I understand you may have questions and I understand that you may be uh, uncertain because you're a new person coming on to the show. But I've been doing this show for four years. And if you just haven't taken the time to listen to all the past shows all the way up to now, then I'm, I'm sorry to say this, my friend, but we just don't have time on favorite radio to explain it to you. Now, we will as we move forward on the show, if it's y'all's will, we will go more into details on these things because these things are still relevant and they're about to come right. They're about to be literally opening these doorways right in our face to allow these entities into our reality that's always been here. So if that isn't enough by itself to give you any notion that what I've been talking about has truth and has been factual in a lot of ways, then again, you're just somebody who's just blind 
you're blind, baby. You're blind to the facts. You can't see what I... <laughs> but anyway, that's what it is, man. So, yeah, I had those random moments with songs popping my head, fam. But it helps. <laughs> okay, it helps. It helps make sense of, of, the un, uh, of the things that don't make sense. Some people don't want to know this stuff. It's too scary. I can't blame them. But on that note, family, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get a little more serious on this hell situation. I'm your boy, Jerry the Dog. Don't go anywhere. We will return after these messages. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. It's your boy, Jerry the Dog. And I just want to give you a real quick prayer. Prayer for your life. Prayer for your day. Wake up in the morning. Be thankful. Even if it doesn't seem like there's nothing to be thankful for. Because the number one reason why we should be thankful is we're still here. We're breathing the most highest beautiful air that he breathed into us. According to Genesis 2-7. And he made us and formed us from the earth. According to Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 6. Now, I'm not going to give you scriptures. I'm just going to simply say a good prayer, a nice prayer, and the Holy Spirit so that you can have a better day, a blessed day. And you all know, if you don't know, I've done podcasts that's talked about the power of prayer. So here it is. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you very much for getting me up out of bed every day. Your will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. I want to thank you for all my infirmities. I want to rejoice in my sufferings because I know the blessings are coming afterwards. It is just a form of discipline for us to learn what your son, Yahushua HaMashiach, a.k.a. Jesus Christ, had to go through. And I ask that the Holy Spirit lead my words to touch the hearts of those who tune in to Favor Radio so that they can share the gospel with their friends, their family. And may you bless them, Lord, in their finances, in their life. May you take their depressions, their insecurities, their angers, their depressions, and bind them and rebuke them in your holy name. I ask you, Most High, through your son, Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, to bless all those who they come encounter with, to give them an anointing and to reveal yourself to them so that they may have an encounter with you personally, to know you are the way, the truth, and the life, according to John 14, 6. Thank you very much, Father, for all that you do. Thank you for Favor Radio and the Favor Radio community. And I thank you for my life, my family, my friends, and I forgive those who trespass against me. In your holy name I pray, amen. You see, guys, it's just that easy. It's not religion. It's just having a relationship with the Father what, in which he wants to have with you more than anything. So take this time. Pray without ceasing. That means to pray continuously. Keep him on your mind. Morning, afternoon, evening, and night. In other words, all day. I'm your boy, Jay Read It All. You are tuning in to Favorite Radio. That's my prayer to you all. Y'all stay blessed.
All right, lovely people, let's get it on. So we talked about Sheol. We talked a little bit about the word Hades going into what it means in the Greek mythology. Uh, the Greek god Hades was the god of the underworld. Um, and of course, we know in the Roman culture, Roman mythology, um, they have a lot of the same types of gods. We're not going to get into all of that. Um, but I just wanted to point that out. Now, like I said, this is not going to be a very, very long, long show in comparison to all the other shows as you all have been getting used to me um, doing. But what is fascinating in these passages that we read about the gates of Hades will not overpower it, right? We read that in Matthew 16, 13 through 18 and verse 21. We talk about how the son of man would be killed and in three days he would be raised on the third day, right? Now, what's fascinating as I was saying about these passages is that Yahusha stood in the village, which held many believed to be the gate of Hades. Um, and of course, uh, he preached that the gate of Hades would never overcome his kingdom of followers. The gates of hell would never prevail against the church or the gospel. And so um, this depravity, um, the place that all God's following Jews avoided at every cost, Peter stood up and declared the divinity of Yahshua, right? And these were pivotal moments in those times, you know, because he represented salvation. And a lot of the Jews did not believe he was who he says he was. And Yahushua was ready to declare his mission. You know, once he got on the cross, he died. His mission was complete. The prophecy was fulfilled. He would be, then be completely killed by, after a brutal beating he took, and mockery and everything. Mockery didn't kill him. The beating did. Okay, the nailing him to the cross after he was badly beaten. And he gave his spirit up into the hands of the Father. Where did he go during that time of death? His spirit went down into Sheol or Hades, right? Which we know in English as hell. And he went into Abraham's bosom and preached to the saints. He would not be bound by Sheol. He would rise up because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the resurrection. Okay. Anyone that believeth on him would also live eternally. And so you've heard me say, tell you these things a number of times. I'm going to also give you a, uh, a bonus. I want you to all give homage to a very insightful man. He's a uh, minister. He also goes around the world and does tours. And he's in his 70s or 60s. And he doesn't look his age. Takes very good care of himself. This name of this individual, this man's name is... Uh, Bill Weiss or Bill Weiss I think that's how you say his name Bill Weiss and um, he's a man that spent 23 minutes on our time in hell one night he was on his way to the kitchen getting him something to drink I think it was in the three o'clock in the morning there goes three um, and he simply just dropped dead and in that moment of missing time here on earth, he went to hell. 
And he went to hell because Yah, or Jesus, the Most High, the Father Abba, El Shaddai, wanted to show him what hell was like so that he could come back and start teaching this and, and, and reporting it all over the world using the scriptures. So that's why I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking about it. If those of you who are pretty much interested, you like watching YouTube videos, things that have sound doctrine, a sound mind, uh, you can't believe everything you hear and see, family. You can always take things in with a grain of salt. But I urge you all to use this time after you listen to this podcast to look at that that link. And he has one of many. I'm just going to send you one because you can go on YouTube and simply just look him up. And he's all over the place talking about the same things, trying to show people the importance of why salvation should be taken seriously, why you don't want to go to hell and what the myths versus the facts of the Bible are and an experience in hell. And I think if you give this man time to explain himself, you'll find what he says to be very insightful, highly important. And something you do not want to disregard or just blow off. Um, we can't make anybody believe nothing we tell them. We can't make people act a certain way. We all have to fend and, and, and take into account our own responsibility of being responsible for our own actions. And we all want to do the best we can as simply as much as we can. And that's why I'm taking the time because I love, I love you all. Whether you know that or not, believe it or not, or love me back, it doesn't matter. And I want to do something right because he is watching. He's taking all this into account. He's looking at what I'm doing, what I'm not doing and all the rest of us. And you never know who may take this to heart, turn their life over to most high to Christ. And you may have saved somebody. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt to share this either with your friends, your family. If you don't have any pride about it, if you believe in what I'm saying and, and, and you rock with me more than anything, if you're rocking with Yah. And you're in alignment and agreement with this. Share these podcasts, family. Don't just tell people about me. Send my link to them. Okay. Um, the more the merrier. It helps. I know people right now. They're supposed to be. And I say people. I mean more than one. Plural. I'm speaking plural. Literally. I know people. Who know me. Who know I do this. Podcast. Is a way of life. And they know I represent a lot of different things I speak on, but I, I, I put Christ in all of it and they won't share not one podcast with their family, their friends, their acquaintances. They will not share it. And these are supposed to be family, friends, people that know me personally. And I'm speaking plural, plural. <laughs> OK, so I'm going to tell you something. I've had more people who don't know me that listen to Favorite Radio find what I say and do more creditable and have relied upon more so them spreading the word, speaking on my behalf, giving me um, a mention to someone they know more than I have people who know me personally and have yet to support me in that kind of way. I'm telling you to know, but see what I what really gets me family and I know a lot of you feel this way if you've been involved in something I have I've tried to put people you guys know I've given folks of all caliber shout outs on my show from guest appearances uh, I've made mention of people that have supposed to have been coming on the show that never did make it you know I've given shout outs through commercials for other people I've sent business to you know 
uh, I've sent a lot of business to other people just by mentioning them and, and putting them in the ads that I do. And I don't get paid for that, fam. I don't get paid for that. You think uh, most of these companies to advertise you are going to do it for free? No, they're going to want some money for that. They're going to want a fee for that. I've never charged nobody to mention their business or anything. Now, you think about that. And there are so many people that were supposed to have been on the show. We've had, I'm talking about from celebrities to just regular brothers and sisters doing decent or regular or doing good in their life. I've always wanted to give people a chance to be recognized. No matter what your ethnicity, background and all that was. When you come on Favorite Radio, I always say come as you are. Be yourself. There's no filters. There's no censorship. There's no BS. And I still stand by that. I don't care if you have a different faith. Long as there's mutual respect and understanding, you have an open forum. I've done questions and answers for people out loud to give them some shout out. I mean, whatever the case has been, I have tried many different things. I even tried at one time trying to do a prize back giveaway of money to so many listeners who would donate. I would take some of those donations as I was trying to build my, my platform here and give to you all to give back to the community. And, you know, it, it doesn't help much when you're doing all these things and have all these ideas yourself. And either people can criticize you for doing it or they're not helping you do it any better. And I have tried a lot of different things. It's been trial and error. People have come. People have go. Uh, some people just are really busy. and They don't have time. But I have given anybody that's ever been on this show an open platform to not only express themselves, but to be. Uh, an introduction to what they do to, to, to you all, my audience and to others and all I've ever asked of anybody is just do me one favor outside of showing mutual respect and that's just mention me to people that you know if you really believe in what I'm saying and what I'm doing I'm not worried about catching flack I'm not worried about if people think I'm crazy I'm not worried about any of that if you believe in what I'm doing and if you really rock, rock with me, that's how you put people to the test. You see how much they support you, how much they put you out there. How much are they bragging on you? How much are they promoting you and marketing you? How much are they doing that? How many of them are doing that that you know and even don't, don't know? That's how you know who is who. At the end of the day, you can give me all the explanations in the world why you ain't doing it. But if I can see you doing that for other people... If you can send me a YouTube video, if you can do, uh, if you have all these numbers yourself, marketing, if you're selling a book, if you're doing all these different things, you can do those simple things that don't cost you a thing. And I'm saying that to say this family, that's what the salvation of the Christ is like. He gave you a gift. It's free. Take it. Because. How many of us are willing to give a gift back if it's free and it comes from good stock, comes from a good place? You know, in a lot of countries, it's offensive to give back a gift. It's offensive to not accept something because these people are giving you what they have. They're making you a part of who they are. They're submerging you into their culture. And the least you can do, whether you really want to be a part of it or not, is to be thankful the Bible says to be thankful in everything that you do, no matter what.
even through the bad things. You know why? Because it builds character. It builds discipline. It builds an understanding of of, of being truly genuine. It makes you appreciate the things that most people take for granted. You see, we are always putting the most high on the back burner. I have been guilty of it in my past, too. And I've tried to make it a conservative effort nowadays to be more consciously aware of not doing that. No matter what I'm doing in my personal life, I always say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, y'all. Thank you, Father. Thank you for getting my my butt out of the bed this morning. Thank you for giving me another day. Thank you for allowing me to go through another experience if I didn't like the last one. At least I'm here to get through this one and learn from it eventually or hopefully. At least I'm here to have an experience. Because if I was in the afterlife right now, what would I be doing for all eternity? Have I made anything? Have I done anything that can be left as a legacy? Not for myself, but for others. See, I don't like being fake in no, in, in no, in no kind of way. You know, some people are smiling your face when things are cool and calm or when you just have this particular relationship with them. But then on another time, if, if things aren't on the up and up, you don't hear from nobody, man. <laughs> now, this is the right way to be. If you have nothing good to say, it's best that you don't say anything. Now, why am I, where am I going with this? I'm comparing everyday life to what the Bible is telling us right now about hell and heaven. You don't think Yahusha had days where he was tired, frustrated, probably almost ready to quit. But whose will was he do, whose will was he carrying out? Not his will, but the father's. Did he not say when he was young, when his, when his mom and them were traveling, Joseph and them, and they lost him for a couple of days and they found him in the temple? And he says, where were you? Well, how, and he said, did you not know that I would be about my father's business? See, this is all a grand scale. It's grand design. It's bigger than us. Individually, we have a say in it. Yes, we have a part in it. That's why we're here to experience it. But it's bigger than us. It's bigger than J-rated R. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than, than life itself. Because who gave us this life? Who breathed life into us? Who do we really, who are we really and who should we really be thinking for our opportunity? Even if you compare your life to somebody else's and you don't like kind of where you are right now, as I have done many a times, you still have abundance. You still have a life. You're still blessed. You have richness and health. And maybe the health isn't the best, but you're alive. Make it count. You know, I have been through a, a lot of different lessons. Some I've failed, some I've passed, some I've went back on, Some a lot of things. But the one thing I can say I'm really appreciative of, no matter what the outcome is, is that I got a chance to experience it. I got a chance to learn from it. But maybe did I always learn from it what I should have? Did I always take to the lesson as I should have? No, I didn't. And no, I haven't. And a lot of still and still and now in a lot of instances. So take this serious. If you don't take anything else from it, at least look at it respectfully and say, you know what? Considering all the prophecy that this book has had and all the success that has been accurate from the time it started all the way up to now. 
Why would I not take these other things serious in it? See, we like to pick and choose from things as they serve us. We like to use things to fit our narrative. We like to use things to make us look good and we benefit from. But all the other rest, we throw it away. You always heard the saying, take what resonates, throw away what else doesn't. That's that's don't ever do that. If you never heard that on this show, because I've always told you, take what resonates now and put to the side for later what doesn't resonate with you now. Never throw anything away. Everything can be resourceful and used in some kind of way. You can take a negative and make it a positive if you know how. We get so anxious and so we have such preconceived notions of things or or, or we, we always jump to conclusions before getting the whole matter of the story that we throw something away or we turn our back on it. Not realizing just that this is a part that you save for later. It doesn't go with the part now. It goes with the part f- saved for later, which is going to make it all worthwhile. But you got to have enough faith in your walk to get to it later. And if you just so quit on everything because it doesn't look or sound a certain way, family, you may be missing out on something that's more so meant for you, whether you think it's not. Now, some things aren't. Some things are. Who's to say? But if we don't give it time, we don't let it fester in the right way. If we don't give it nourishment we don't give it care we don't get over the hump how can we do with anything in life to be successful how many times have you all had to struggle pursuing a career or goal or something in mind that you wanted to get to a point you knew you had to start from scratch you knew you had to take things off people didn't want to but you did it you overcame it and you kept working and you kept pursuing and persevering and to the point that you are in a place right now in your life you would have not had rather been had you not kept going and there were moments you probably wanted to give up sometimes you may have given up or just took a break but you never lacked You never lagged. You never let it get you all the way down to the point of just discontinuing. How many moments have you had like that in your life? What if Jesus gave up on us? What if he never made it to the cross? What if he decided while he was on the cross? All right, that's enough. I'm going to call the angels to get me off of this and I'm going to go ahead and just do my thing. Because he had the power to do that. The Bible tells us this. It tells us he had the power to call on his angels anytime he wanted. Anytime, let that fester. Some of you take that for granted. Like, well, you know, he was Jesus. He, I knew he wasn't going to do it. You didn't know nothing until you came into this word. You didn't know anything until somebody told you. Somebody had to tell you about Jesus for you to even know about him in the first place. When you came into the world, did you come into your mom's womb just knowing Jesus? No. You may have knew him in the spirit, but before you came into the before you came into the and in, into the flesh, you forgot all of that. Because your conscious construct was set up to be in the body you're in now to live a brand new life, to forget who you once were coming from heaven, incarnating as a human being to see who you would become before it's all over with. Some go back to the father, some go to hell. That's just what it is. And if you think I'm making this up, I'll be glad to give you scripture for it, because I like it when people tell me something that's coming directly from this Bible. J. Ray Dahl would never give you what he thinks. I mean, of course, I give you my opinion about a lot of things. But if I'm using scripture, I'm glad to go to the book because this is the word that never will cease. All things will die. All things will be destroyed. But the word of the most high, because he is the same. He is forever. His word is the same. He and his word is forever. And it's the same yesterday, today and forever will never cease to exist. The word tells us this. 
So, yeah, I would love for somebody to say what I'm saying isn't in the Bible. Please show me where it isn't and I'll show you exactly where it is. And I don't say that with an ego. I say that with confidence, with passion and with righteousness, because I take this word serious. Now, do I do everything I'm supposed to? No. Why? Because I'm a human. And that's no excuse to give yourself a, a, a reason to sin. No, that's just being honest and factual. That's nonetheless more factual and it's nonetheless less truthful. It is just a simple fact. We are in sinful, corruptible bodies. We're going to make mistakes. And that is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Get over yourself. Get over the hump. We are all in this together, whether we like it or not. Hell is real. It's like heaven is real. Just because you haven't been to other places in the world doesn't mean because you haven't been there, it's not real, does it? So who are we to say what is and what isn't if we've never explored the option? Now, I'm not suggesting you kill yourself or try to have an out-of-body experience through near death to see if hell is real because you might not make it back and you might go to hell and you may not come back. So that would be the dumbest reason. Now, I know a lot of you want to be scientists and test the theory. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you not to. But all I'm saying is everything has its time. Everything. I take all my experiences, family, and I internalize them and I put them in on a lot of them in these podcasts to help a lot of you going through similar situations, similar thoughts, similar reactions, uh, certain questions you may have, certain inquisitions that you may have, certain thoughts or curiosities that you may have. I either can share them because I, too, have had them or have them or been through them and I can give you another way to look at it so that we can look at it even deeper together. That's what it is, family. The Bible tells us to comfort one another with these words. I can't give you any more than that. And I'm, I'm sorry if I don't have a million dollars to give everybody. J-rated R is just like anybody trying his best, trying to learn as best as he can to work with what he has, to do better than what he has or to get back to what he has or to be better than what he was. That's all the goal is for any of us. So if you're going to be hard on somebody, first be hard on yourself. And the reason why I say that is because if you expect somebody to give you a certain type of respect or patience, you got to be willing to give that to them. And I speak for myself first and foremost. The same thing with the most high. He had he he's not lacking or slacking in his promise family on coming back. You know why it seems that way? It's because he's what the Bible says and calls he's long suffering. He's long suffering. He's trying to give you and I a chance to get right so that when he does come back, we'll be ready. Second Peter chapter three, verse four says, let me go ahead and start with verse three. Let me just read one to four to give you a reason why I'm giving you this. This second letter or book, which my Bible says suffer, meaning book or letter. Beloved, I now write unto you. This is Peter talking. I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He's trying to give you remembrance through writing what he is about to say. Verse two says that ye, meaning you all, may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Now he's going all the way back to the times of old in the Old Testament. He's given us a remembrance of what was said already before in the old times by the prophets. 
That's what he's saying in his letter here. He's saying that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles. Now, as you're going back to himself and his disciple brothers, right? That's spoken of by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles of Adonai, meaning the Lord and the Savior. Now, here's verse three. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, that's times now, scoffers. A scoffer is a mocker, if you didn't know what that meant. People who make mockery of something or, or scoff at something, to speak very lowly of something, to condescend. In the last days, scoffers walking after their own lust, verse 4, and saying, where is this promise of his coming? Him meaning Jesus. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So that's telling us even though, even back then, since the times of beginning, this has been prophesied, this coming Messiah. So then he comes, they kill him. They don't accept him, but that's still part of prophecy. He fulfills it. Afterwards, his apostles, such as Peter, Paul, and all the other ones, John and all the other ones, are writing these books so that people like us and, and, and those who are in his time and, and, and coming after them will have this as a remembrance to go by. That don't worry, he's still coming in the latter times. Don't be acting like this was just all a charade. Or don't act like this was all some ploy to just say something and, and, and start a rebellion or a revolution and then it's not be true. No, this is all true. And he proved that. 500 documentations of eyewitnesses say that they saw Jesus when he rose from the dead, along with other people who were dead as well. But are we not just talking about that? No, we're talking about him coming back. The time that we're in now, in our time, we're waiting the same thing. So as they say, verse four, where is this promise of his coming? Verse three, knowing this first, that they shall come in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is this promise of his coming? Now, let's skip from verse four to verse nine. And verse nine says this. Yahuwah is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with the great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So in other words, people are making mockery of this second coming or the coming back of Christ. Some of you don't even believe he was an actual person. They, they think he is a remnant or a rendition of things taken from a collection of other people who actually existed in the Hebrew. I mean, not in the Hebrew, but in the uh, other cultures, such as the Egyptians. That he is really Heru, Horus. And that there is an element of different things in the Bible that were taken or stolen from the Anunnaki's, the Sumerian doctrine, the, the, Egypt, the Egyptian doctrine, because these things, these cultures are supposed to be older than the Bible. Right. So why would we be expecting a Jesus, which is not actually his name, as we also want to hear other people say, because they didn't use J's in the 
uh, Semitic languages back then. I've already did all this podcast on these things, family, but I'm just making a mere point about it. What I'm saying this is because people view hell the same way. They don't believe it. It's fairy tales. It's a good time story. It's to keep people in check. It's something that was taken out of context, something that was exaggerated through hyperbole to control people and through religion. And I won't say that religion wasn't created to control the people because it was, but the Bible isn't religion, family, as we've been told. Denominations have become religious, not the scriptures. This is a spiritual book, no doubt about it. It's a history book as well, but it's not a religious book. And I'm not saying religion and the definition of it by itself is bad. If you're a religious person, that's not a bad thing. I'm using the actual etymology of where the word comes from and how it's being used against us in a, in, a, in a society where it has become bad. So that's why I tell people, I'm not religious. You can't put a label on me. You could if you want to, but you'd, you'd be falsely doing so because I'm telling you, I'm not religious. I'm non-denominated. Was I raised in church and through religion? Yeah, I was raised a Baptist. And I'm not picking on anybody that is a Baptist or, or into Catholicism as a Catholic or a Methodist or Presbyterian or any of that or Jehovah Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. I'm not picking on no one. I'm not making fun of you. What I'm doing is attacking the religion, the denomination, the etymology, the ones who started it in origin, the ones who did it for nefarious purposes, things that were deceitful, not for the true purpose of the scripture. Because if that was the case, there wouldn't be a dividing of the word. There would not be all these different denominations of what they consider the truth. If you're going by the one true Bible, everybody should be on the same accord. Everybody's beliefs should be around the same way, but believing. Yet, we have so many different doctrines. How can we determine which one is the truth, which one isn't? That's why some people say, I don't worry about it. F it. It is what it is. I'm just going to live my best life while I can here. And whatever happens afterwards, it just happens. It's boldly easily to say that until that day comes rolling around you in the spirit world and you looking real crazy. But I feel you. I feel you. Hear me what I'm saying? Hear what I'm saying? I feel what you're saying. I've been that guy. I've said those things. So I get you. I get you probably better than you get yourself because I've been there. But you got to know I've changed for a reason. No, I wasn't indoctrinated. No, I'm not under some type of mind control. No, I'm not under a spell. I've been through all that. I had to come out of religion, get into the world, get into other forms of doctrine to get back to where I'm at. That's how deep it is for me. So on a personal level, not to mention the spiritual experiences I've had, to go along with these things, to, to give me even further reason to question things. That's why I'm sharing these things with you all as much as I can in the very littlest bit that I can and the very segments that I can. And I'm not giving you everything I can because it's just so much. But if you take bits and pieces of what I've already discussed and watch how I've grown along with you throughout these last few years, as well as share information that other people were telling me to keep quiet. Oh, I've had people tell me I shouldn't tell you guys certain things. I've had people say, well, this falls on the ears of the deaf, dumb and blind. And you know what? At times it would make more sense to believe that because sometimes you do feel after all the hard work you've put in and you share it with people, it goes over folks heads. And it's not that you're upset that 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 happens because you understand this is advanced to a lot of people. What makes that statement deaf, dumb and blind makes you want to sometimes agree with it is because people treat it as if it's nothing. 
They treat you as if you're nothing. The value that you bring to the table, the asset and having knowledge, the greatest commodity that you would sometimes can't even fathom. Knowledge is the greatest commodity there is. Some people will pay through the nose to have something or to know something no one else knows. And they will pay through the nose if they got the resources and the money to do so to keep others ignorant so that they can easily be controlled. But yet you get it for free and you don't understand the value of what you're getting. So I can understand why a statement that was made to me by someone very close to me said, why are you giving this information to the people? It's only going to fall on the deaf, dumb and blind. And yet here I am begging practically anybody that's willing to help me spread my word. Or no, let me rephrase that. Spread the word of the most high, but sp- spread my podcast, send a link out, promote me. Some people only do that when they, when, when they like you or when, when you're brand new to them or whatever the case is, or if you're doing something for them. And I understand, give a little, get a little. Put in, get out, right? Deposit, receive. I get it. Okay? Help my scratch my back, help scratch yours. Well, it all depends on what we're scratching here and what the, what the purpose of the scratching is in the first place. Because if it's something that, that I don't agree with, I can't go along with that. But if you're supporting what I do, you like what I do, you believe in what I'm saying and believe in what I'm talking about, you can support me for free if you don't mind. I mean, hell, I usually have to pay people just like you would any type of advertising company or marketing company. You pay people to put your stuff out. You give them work. okay? you give them. It's a win win. okay? then you do it yourself. Free promotion. But. I, I mean, it just hurts to have people that supposed to support you, believe in what you're doing, always telling you, you need me, I got you, I'm here for you, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. You hear that stuff throughout your entire life, man. And when you finally use that time in your life to ask the same people, hey, can you help me with this? Hey, I really could use that help that you said. You know, you you would, you know, anytime I need. And I'm, I'm a prideful person in, in the sense of asking people for stuff, man. I have struggled like you wouldn't believe all because I didn't want to ask somebody for something because I'm either used to getting it myself, working hard for it. Or if I ask something of you, it's very little. So it's, it's nothing that's going to cost you anything or it's going to it's going to take too much of your time out. Just knowing that you're willing to take your time out for, for little old me over here means a lot to me because I, I would definitely do it for you without even a second thought. And when you give that type of energy and when you give those type of um, those vibes and you don't reciprocate those or you don't get it reciprocated back to you, it, 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 it weighs on you if you let it. It does. I'm not, you know, going to beg anybody for anything. I think some people just want you to beg them just so they can feel empowered or something. It's maybe ego driven. I don't know. But if I had to, for certain reasons, I'd do it. But I'm not going to do it. You know, a lot of times we always say we'd rather suffer than to sell out. And that's a true statement for me, depending on what that is. If I got to compromise who I am as a person, if I got to give my soul up, my integrity, if I have to. And then you can call it pride all you want. But let's say if you had to sell your soul, if you had to sleep with somebody to get a part to get a role, to get advanced, to get promotion rather than just working and being acknowledged for your for your mind, for your skills, your professionalism. If you had to sleep with somebody to get that role, 
how fair would it be that somebody is busting their tail to work it's just as hard but doing it the right way trying to get that that position well all you had to do was get on your knees and blow somebody off or take it up the butt or to be somebody's role player now how much value do you really have in yourself how can you really write your own meal ticket if every time you turn around you got to bend over to get it and some people don't find nothing wrong with that they say well i gotta do what i gotta do I got, I got, I got miles to feed. I got bills to pay. I understand there's times we all have to stoop low to get what we want. We may not like what we have to do, but we try to block those things out and do them. I get that. But family, as the Bible say, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? And what would he exchange for a soul? The, in other words, was it ultimately worth it in the end? Whereas if you just came to Christ with a little patience, a little faith, if you had just prayed and kept working hard like he tells you to do, he would have gave it to you himself. He says, focus on me and all of the righteousness that comes with it and the, and all other things will be added unto you. So why take the shortcut when it's going to cost you in the long run? As opposed to taking the long walk and reaping your benefits later. Everything may not come in this life, man. We're only out to get what we got now. And we don't know what the next life guarantees us. So that's why we do a lot of these things. I get it. But the reason why we're having this podcast today is because hell is waiting. Hell is right at the door. And I want us to read Matthew real quick. I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 7. And I want you to hear what I have to say when I read verses 13. I'm going to actually read 12 to 14. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7 says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would, ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the Torah, meaning the law, instruction, and the prophets. Verse 13 says, Enter ye, meaning you all enter into or at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate and troublesome is the way which leads to life and few there that find it. So let me break this down to making this more simplistic and understanding. And we read verse 13, it says, enter ye at the narrow gate for wide is the gate. It's telling you all to enter the narrow gate. But then the next passage of that says, for wide is the gate. The broad and broad is the way that leads to destruction. That means that people, the bigger the gate is, that, that's that's mostly what most people ch- uh, take because it offers you the kingdoms of this world. It promises you if you go this route, if you do it this way, you'll be successful. You'll have what you want. You'd be a fool not to take this deal or this offer. That's what the world promises you. And so that gate gets broader and wider. But guess what the word, guess what the rest of the passage said? It says that it leads to destruction. That can't be good. It doesn't lead to abundance. It doesn't lead to successful, ha- uh, happy endings. No, it leads to destruction, which is the complete opposite of that. And it says many there which go in at that. So that means a lot of people are taking this route. But the last one says, and verse 14, because narrow is the gate. Narrow is the gate to go to. 
And troublesome is the way. Well, why is it troublesome? It's hard. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be it's going to be challenging. That's why it's troublesome. Doing things the right way in this world means trouble, challenges, competition, contentious attitudes, hatred, envy. That's what it means to be tr- go in a troublesome route. It's going to be obstacles. It's not going to be easy. Okay? And the last part of that is troublesome is the way which leads to life and few there be that find it. So this is going to lead you to everlasting life, a better life. Hard work does pay off. Sometimes we feel like it doesn't. Well, see, I'm getting older. I'm still without this. I still don't have that. I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I don't have the house I want. I don't have I'm not making the money I want. Sometimes it's like that, fam. That doesn't mean you're a failure in life, family. If you're trying to compare your success to the rest of the world or what somebody else has, which I have done plenty of times and even to some degree still do now. And you can use it as a measuring rod for success. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't be consumed by it. Don't live your life through idolizing someone else's. And that's why everything that looks good isn't always good. You don't know what that person that looks like they got it all is going through or how they had to get it. They may look like they got it all, but they don't have anything. They may owe somebody. It may not even really be theirs. That may just be a front. But what you got, you had to work hard for. Yours is yours and yours alone. And it's only given to whoever you want to give it to and share it with. And whether it be uh, valued as something of, 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 of significant value to somebody else, choose wisely who you give your stuff to, who you share your stuff with. Because if we stay in Matthew chapter seven to what I just said, Let's read verses. um, We're going to go up and read verse. We're going to read verse six. In Matthew chapter seven, verse six says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Least they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Now, what that's basically saying is don't give things of value to people who are not worthy of it. Don't share in the pleasures and the pleasantries and giving your treasures and your secrets to people who don't have the respect to value what you have to offer. Because if you give it to, as the Bible says, If you give that which is holy unto the dogs or if you cast those pearls unto swine, they'll trample them under their feet. In other words, they'll treat it as if it's nothing. They'll crap on it. If you have worked hard and you trust your funds with a crook, all of what you've worked hard for will be in that moment taken, stolen. Now, that's how Satan is. He's the what? He's the destroyer. He's the killer. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. See, I'm not going to give you all these scriptures on hell tonight. I'm going to wait to do a breakdown on this for you. I wanted you to hear this podcast because I can tell you right now, Chronicles 28 verse 3, Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 30 to 34. This is what talks about Gehenna. And how it's used. 
Now, in Hebrew, it's Gehenim. Gehenim. Eventually, it becomes in English, Gehenna, and in Greek, Gehenna. This place, Geb Ben Hennem, Gehenim, showed up a few times in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. Right? And it's the Greek word Gehenna, translated into English as hell. And it shows up 12 times in the New Testament in four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and James. 11 of the 12 are found and quoted in passages by Jesus himself. So, Revelation is where, where, where you start learning about the lake of fire. Now, I'm going to cut that part off of tonight. We will have a part two on this. I just decided that right now. Because I like the way I talked in this podcast today with you all. Because I didn't want to just give all these scriptures. I took some time, as you can see, and and doing a podcast from the last Rapture series. Um, of course, I did a podcast right after that. But I took some time because I wanted this to fester for some of you who really like to take the Bible serious enough. When you're starting to look into it now, it's starting to reach you a little bit. Y'all starting to tug at your spirit. He wants you to start getting more into the word. And let me tell you what it's really about. It's not about religion. It's not about even knowing this Bible wholeheartedly. You know what it's about? It's about having a personal relationship with the father. Talk to him just like I'm talking to you right now in this podcast or like you talk to anybody that you do know in the physical. Just talk to him. Just say, hey, how's your day? You know, uh, I, I went through this today. Obviously, you know everything I go through. You know what I'm going through before I go through it. But this is just what it is for me. Let me let me talk to you. That's how you develop a bond with him. And you may think you're talking to yourself. You may feel stupid at first. I don't know what you think. I'm just putting out ideas for different people because different people feel different things. But nothing is, under, is new under the sun. So something I'm saying somewhere, there's somebody who's feeling it at some point. So all is not lost because whether you're not that person, there's somebody else that may be tuning in that is that person. So I got to think on a multitude of levels and not just on a level of where are you right now? Because I'm one person talking to many people that's listening. And that's how you got to think when you're talking on a show or podcast or in front of a camera or on the mic. You got to think in a different array of mindsets because we all at some point are going through these things. Do you know that each one of you with your own mindset is a symbolic representation of a multiverse? If I were to look at myself, have you ever seen the movie Next with Nicolas Cage? He was a movie where he had these abilities to see many different options at once. He could look at a multitude of things happening to see what would be the best or the worst way to go about something. And depending on which way he went about it, he already would foresee what it would be if he did it that way and how it would have benefited him versus not benefit him. Well, we don't have that option, do we? We only know when we do something through trial and error. But if you take the people, for instance, if I can take 10 people and put them all in a room, give them a survey and ask this one question to see what the answer would be. There may be some who say the same thing, some that say similar, some that say completely opposite. But guess what those 10 people represent if it was an individual person? They all would represent 10 different ways of thinking. Some would be the same. So you'd have to really narrow it down. It's not really 10 Two of them may think exactly close to the same. One may say something similar and then there may be another three to say something totally different. So you're looking at uh, a guesstimation of six out of ten different ways to do something. 
It just all depends on those 10 people, too, because if you get 10 more people, you may get something else that may be somewhat similar, but you may get a totally different point of view on it. And then you'll look at it and say, how could they even think that way? Well, that's because that's a perception. My point is this. Imagine me or you or anyone that's talking to a, a group of people. How do you reach all these people at one time telling them the same thing? You stay in your lane. You speak what you know. You don't go outside of that. How they take it after that is on them. And this is where questions and answers come in, fam. You have to evaluate and assess a situation. And you learn through trial and error. The Bible presents itself to you not only in a factual uh, way. And you say, how is that factual? How do I know that's real? You test the spirits. You prove all things. The Bible tells you, put it to the test. If you don't believe y'all is who he says he is, then what do you have to lose? Look and read his word and then test him. You're forcing his hand now, which really you're not, but I'm using that as leverage for you because at this point, if it's not true, then what do you have to lose? But if you're just going off what you think or what you feel and not what you know to be true because you haven't studied it or put yourself into the word to... to and, and learned what the word is saying to put it to the test, then you don't have a fair assessment. You don't have a fair argument. You don't even have a debate. What you have is just pretty much you're creating something to happen, hoping that it transpires. Or you're not even hoping that it transpires. You're just hoping that it die out. And that's a form of conspiracy, conspiring to do something without actually doing it in hopes that it may not or may be true. So anyway, whether you believe hell is real or not, part two, we will get a little bit more serious about it, but we're not going to stay in there. Part two is not going to be nowhere near as long as this. I wanted to talk this time. I just haven't had a good talk with you all because everything has been Boom, 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 boom. Bible this, Bible that. And I'm all for the Bible. And I've been telling you all just how serious the time is. We don't have a lot of time, fam. We really don't. I mean, we look at all the signs in the heavens. We look at all the constellational things going on. If we look at the, the world we're living in, we look at the, the United uh, Nations and what they're doing, how Israel and all these guys are talking about some peace treaty. A lot of your minds are going to directly go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, talking about the seven-year covenant that the Antichrist is going to sign, and he's going to sign a covenant with many and then break it within three and a half years. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's why I did the Rapture series. And if you listen to each and every one of those series, I don't care how long they are, just give it a chance, please. I really put a lot of work and time in that. And I didn't even bust, I didn't even bust a sweat doing it. I'm gonna tell you why, because there was so much to talk about. I didn't even get to do that. But to me personally, and I don't mean I'm right, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. Personally, based on the information that I've gathered, studying and accurately looking into this Bible and also getting resources, we're already in the seven year tribulation. The first three and a half years is almost up. We're about to head into the next. And that's why, according to the signs that we're looking at and the things that I told you about, whether it's going to be a return of Christ through 2030 or 2027, I believe personally with some of the, the help and sources that I've gathered from uh, people such as uh, our senior sister, uh, Miss Brenda, Mrs. Brenda Weltner, 
of the Brenda Weltner channel of YouTube, which you need to check out. She has other websites and things, but go to my Rapture series. I've given you uh, um, information and descriptions on that. I've given you a chart you can print out. And she's got up-to-date charts, too, since that time. So, um, you know, all we can do is just give you what we what we gather in the Bible from seasons. No one knows exactly a day or an hour, but we can tell you the season and the time and the time frame of the season that he, he said he would return. Um, many people got opinions about that. I don't have no problem with that. I'm not going to say and argue with whether you believe it's pre, mid or post tribulation. Do I believe in the tribulation? No. But do I believe that could be possibly three raptures? Yes. Now, I didn't always believe that. I was one of those pre or post trip. In fact, there was a time I was both pre and post. Not at the same time, though. I at first thought maybe it's, it's post trip because I couldn't see it pre trip based on how I was studying. Then I said, wait a minute. This comes before this. This is said this in this passage, blah, blah, blah. This goes with this. This goes with that. I think it's going to be pre-trip. But little did I know, based on how I really started studying, the Lord opening my up and giving me more revelation, I honestly believe there's going to be three raptures. And the Bible tells us this. Not in the word rapture. No, the word rapture is not in the Bible. So stop looking for the word rapture. I've explained this numerous times to people. The word for rapture is harpazo in Greek, means to snatch, to seize, to catch away, to snatch up, to take away, to move from one place to the next. If we look at it in Latin, we understand what the word means. But in in Greek, we see the word harpazo in the Bible. We obviously see it in Revelation 12, but it's all throughout the Bible as other places. And I'm not going to get into all that. If y'all want to know, look up the word harpazo. Go to one of those Bible stool tool studies I gave you. Blueletterbible.org or uh, BibleHub.com. Do go through one of those and type in the word Harpazo. Or go to Google and type in Harpazo if you want to know how to spell it correctly. R H A R P O. I mean H Harpazo. <laughs> ha Harpazo. H A R P A R Z O. Harpazo. And it's it's got a different Greek pronunciation, so just check it out. Just say what is the word rap? What is the uh, what is the word for uh, rapture in Greek? You know, there's a number of ways you can do your research, fam. I do my best to give you all what I can, based on the time that I have. Now, it's my podcast, but although it's my podcast, I don't own Anchor. I don't own Spotify, and it would be wise to start creating my own domain, at least pay for one. And I can be the sole owner of it so that I can decide when to take these things down. That's why I'm going to do my best to get uh, together some USB ports, some flash drives and download my podcast just in case when this B starts to take over. He's going to take away all these things that people like me have said because he doesn't want any remnant or anything that has any trail or any information that could help wake people up. Y'all don't think that's real because you're living in a world right now where everything seems to be just as it has been, just a little bit more messed up, but still the same. This world is slowly losing its grip, family, and it's all by design. And you won't have these freedoms that a lot of you have right now. So you need to start thinking about your future, not just on a surviving level, but on a soul level as well. Family, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. I'm going to talk a few more minutes, and then after that, we're going to close it out. I'm your boy, J. Redidar. Don't go anywhere. We will return after these messages. Stay tuned.
All right, family, we are back. And we are talking about hell, Sheol, Hades, Gehenna. Now, in our part two, which won't come out right away, it'll probably be within a week. I'm just going to be honest with you because there's some other topics uh, I want to discuss. Um, we're going to be putting out two and three uh, podcasts. Uh, trying to double up here because time is of the essence. We're in the month of October. I don't know what you all, or those of you, what you know about uh, Revelation 12 sign. I don't know if you understand also not only that, but the difference in what we're seeing in our society. Scripture is coming true. Now, um, family, I'm going to tell you this. If you haven't, get yourselves right. That doesn't mean you got to be walking perfect or acting like you're holier than thou. First of all, let me make something clear about that whole holier than thou thing. Because I really hate when people say that in general. You can't pretend to act like you. Well, you can pretend. Of course, you can pretend to do anything. But when you truly have the Ruach HaKodesh, you're still going to be you. But you're going to be a better you. Because you're no longer sharing that temple just by yourself. And if I'm being honest, if you were in a world of sin, as we all have been, you weren't never really sharing your temple by yourself anyway. Little do you know, you were sharing it with demons. And it's not in the conventional sense that you see Hollywood portraying demons possessing people. Now, can it get that bad? It can get close to that. <clears throat> but if I'm being honest, what you actually start doing when you change how you look at things, the urges that you're starting to have, thoughts that are not your own, that you keep wondering, why am I thinking this? Or why do I suddenly feel this about that? Or feel this? And that's not everything. But if you can tell the difference. Um, heck, if, if if I'm able to, and I can, I'm still thinking about it, we ought to do a podcast on possession. What types of demons, how they act, uh, we're going to use scripture to back it, all of it. And then we're going to talk about some unconventional things that happen outside of the Bible and other categories, other religions. What certain things you may be practicing or doing uh, could be alluding to you having some form of demonic influence working in your life. Whether you know it or not. Could be completely unbeknownst to you. But once you make it known and you start recognizing it, watch how suddenly things start changing drastically in your life. And it will be no coincidence. It'll be because you are being made aware of the enemy and how he is working in your life. And he may manifest himself. That's just how real this stuff is. Um, hell is a place, family, that we need to be more mindful of. You know, one of the things that I think we all gravely, no pun intended, make a mistake in saying um, a lot of times when someone that we love or, uh, you know, somebody that we're close to or just somebody in general passes away. We always say at these funerals, well, they're with they're with the Lord. They're in a better place now. We don't know that. You think you can live a life of sin and acting up and not repenting and doing all whatever you want. And then when you die, you're going in somebody's heaven. That's not how it works, fam. 
I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I'd rather be the one to tell you because I'm not going to tell you something just to, you know, toot your horn. I'd rather tell you the truth and you be mad at me for giving it to you straight than to sit here and just play off your ego and feed off of things or and try to make you feel good and telling you a lie. That's not how that works. So the devil likes to make you feel good and tell you a lie. Sometimes the truth hurts and it doesn't make you feel good. It, it's true power works in the end of things. Lies work in the front or as the surface of things, meaning that when you get beyond the surface to what's really at the core, you find out, dang, it wasn't true. I've been duped. Whereas the truth comes hard sometimes, comes rough around the edges. It's the sweet or the bitter sweet truth. But you thankful that you knew about it head on and that when it happens, you were not shocked because in the end it paid off. Well, family, that's all I wanted to talk to you about on the hell part. We will be doing a part two. Keep in mind and be aware that in the next part two, we will be talking about hell on a more serious note. Um, I miss having that talk with you all, just straight talk. And there's nothing wrong with any of the podcasts we've been having. I mean, I think they have been more than um, beneficial. I think they've been more than amazing. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, family. I'm saying it because the Holy Spirit has led me into some wonderful talks and information to show you all. And to share with you all. And that's how it should be. Rather than getting out here. Blowing a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And. Worrying about what some celebrity had on. What such and such is doing on Instagram. How somebody got this and that going on Facebook. Some of y'all's responsibilities and priorities are in the wrong place. Some of us are too, too damn grown. To be sitting here acting like. Immature children worrying about a pair of Nikes. The new Jordans are out. And while we sitting here having nostalgic moments playing R&B. When we should be in that word every day, when we should be praying more for every for for people we love and don't know and, and supporting those who are trying to get somewhere in life. We should be looking at what's going on in the skies at night. Paying attention more every night. We ought to be reading the word. We ought to be watching the news. We ought to be looking at our brothers and sisters channels to see what is of value. What's more of an asset. But instead, what are we doing? We still worried about shaking our butts. Wearing half naked clothes. Flexing our muscles. Worrying about who won the football game last weekend. Now, don't get me wrong, fam. I am a fan of sports. There's still some R&B songs. If they're not too do too dirty, I can still vibe to them. Just because I'm doing certain things don't mean you got to do it. I'm not saying my way is the way. I'm not saying it's end all be all. Of course, you boy knows I, I have my position. You have yours. We're all in this together. No one is better than nobody. And so before any minds start wandering or these demons start talking to you in a negative way and getting your mind thinking on something you shouldn't, I'm here to tell you that's not what it is. 
I am honored to be able to speak my mind on my own podcast, say how I feel, share what I've witnessed and experienced, what I'm learning, what I struggle in. I give you all a whole lot of me that a lot of people don't give you because they're, they have an image to uphold. <laughs> they have an image to protect. And it's not for everybody to know your business. There is a such thing called privacy. We've just gotten so used to society putting everything in all their bids on camera that people pretty much live their life behind a lens now. And it can be any regular average Joe. Doesn't be, yeah, not to be anybody in particular or anybody that the world deems special. Anybody can turn on their camera if they have internet, say, hi, I'm such and such and go from there. And then that joint go viral. But if we don't take the time to acknowledge those we have in our life, when tomorrow isn't promised. Let me say something else real quick. I ask you all this. I'm going to share this with you. I recently have just lost two aunts in one week. Literally. I lost two aunts. One was on my dad's side. And one was on my mom's side. I also. My uh, one of my cousins. Who happens to be. I'm, I'm ha- I happen to be double kin with. Those were both her aunts too. On both my dad. And my mom's side. Because you see her dad. Who's just who's been passed away now a, few, a couple of years. Her dad, my cousin, that is, I'm not gonna say her name. On my mom's side is my uncle. And see, my mom's mom, who passed earlier this year, my grandma, she was the older sister to my cousin, whose dad I'm referring to, who died a few years ago. Now, that's on my mom's side. Now, on my dad's side, that same cousin that I'm telling you about, this I'm double kin to on both my mom and dad's side. Her mom is my dad's sister. So you see, on my mom's side, she's my second cousin. On my dad's side, she's my first cousin. And that same cousin that I'm referring to Her husband dropped dead last weekend. Well, not this past weekend, but the weekend before last. This past weekend, she was burying her husband. Burying, not bury. Burying her husband. So, she's not, oh, and then I just found out that same cousin that on her husband's side of the family, his aunt died just a day after he died. So she was dealing with the loss of her husband, her aunt-in-law, if I can say that. Then a weekend, uh, then a weekend to later, not even a whole week later, she loses our aunt on my dad's side. And our aunt on my mom's side. And that funeral for my aunt on my mom's side is this weekend. So as you can see, family, you never know what somebody is going through. You never know what people are dealing with. And I just found out that same cousin. She didn't tell nobody, but I just found out today, as a matter of fact. 
that she has diabetes so bad that she's starting to go blind. But she didn't tell nobody this. And she's just in her 40s. Her late 40s. So, just when you think you got it bad, or just when you think you're going through something, whether it be a physical element or ailment, um, emotional distress, spiritual warfare is always, always at play. And right now, what we all need is love and prayer, man. And to prep ourselves as best as we can in Jesus Christ's name. And Yahusha HaMashiach, fam. Now, I know how a lot of y'all feel about the word, you know, some of the things we talk about. I'm still your man, guy. You know, I'm still the main guy and I'm still your guy. But I'm, I'm praying that a lot of you start seeing this stuff, man, for what it is. And um, look, if you rock with me, I appreciate you. I really do. But if you really, 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 really rock with me, man, you could really do me a big favor and share my content. Because for some people, this is just entertainment. I understand that. For others... There's some good material they agree with. Maybe some things they don't. And that's understand. That's Hey, that's expected. I'm not here to tickle everybody's fancy or anybody's for that matter. And I'm not I'm surely not here to just do things to save face because it's what I think will best reach the numbers of the masses. No, I'm here to tell you whatever the topic is that we're discussing. I'm here to be 100 percent authentic about it because that's one of my models, fam. On this show, we come real, we come raw, we come authentic, or we don't come at all. And this show is based on, if you don't know anything else, spirituality. And as long as Favorite Radio, my Favorite Radio exists, the one and only, I will stand and die on that. Now, you got to be careful how you put things out there because the way things are nowadays, you got to be very specific. And I hope it's not y'all's will for me to pass anytime soon. Or any of you. Well, I know you're not. Because you have so much to offer, so much to give. <sighs> Family, the next podcast, I don't know. We got we got a lot to talk about. Um uh, I, I'm still thinking about dropping that podcast called, uh, and I'm paraphrasing it right now about, you know, we keep the devil employed. And there's much to do to talk about that, but we're going to have some straight up talk show, uh, some straight up talk coming your way where we just talk raw on everything we can and just do sort of a spinoff, a reminder so on that note, family, I hope you all have a good night. Stay tuned for part two of this hell. We're not going to do a series. It's just going to be a spinoff part two, probably, where we get a little bit more uh, deeper. And make sure you check out the uh, description of this podcast. You know, use these Bible study tools and also check out one of um, Bill Weiss's uh, videos. Check it out. 
If we do the part two, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Because I do feel that I, I, I need to get a little bit more deeper on this subject for you all to take some of you to take this a little bit more to heart. Because it's nothing to play around with. It really isn't. And whether you want to hear it or not, it's it's beneficial that you do. I'm your boy, Jay Reed Adar. Y'all have a good night, good morning, a good evening. Be safe, be blessed. Pray. Watch your six. I'm out. Peace. And namaste.